What is up, YouTube? Welcome into episode number two of Bucky and BK, the new morning show here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. We are taking you until 10 o'clock this morning. Thank you all so much for waking up with us. We've got a loaded show, plenty of sports to get into. The NFL is back. We've got preseason games tonight. We'll talk plenty of Texas football, and we'll tell uh, some more fun stories from Bucky's trip to his 50-year high school reunion in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania over the weekend. A loaded show. Buck, I got to ask you, man, are you recovered? Are you fully rested from uh, your disastrous travel experience getting back to Austin? Yeah, I really am. I know I got a good night's sleep last night, but, you know, show number two for me, I'm I'm calling you up, making sure the computer's all set up and, and things like that. You know, old man, old man YouTube was just in a little bit of a panic this morning. But other than that, BK... I'm ready to go this morning. Good morning to you and good morning to the soldiers at Fort Cabasas, Texas, and all the soldiers in the state of Texas and all the folks that fight for us each and every day all over this wide, wide world. Thank you very much and stay hydrated, please. Yes, indeed. It is red hot outside. The oh. triple digit temperatures continue all throughout the state of Texas. And I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. When's the last time you guys have gotten rain up there, Buck? You know, the rain at uh, Atlanta Airport was the last time I saw rain, and I didn't like it. I was pissed because it stuck me there for over 25 hours. So yeah. I didn't like that rain, but I, I don't think I've seen rain here in two months. I mean, going on two months. It's it's wow. bad. It is. My, uh, my front grass is like Captain Crunch out front. It's that yellow color, and, you know, at one time it was really, really green, and I was priding myself on having – the nicest lawn in the neighborhood. And now it's all it's all crunchy and crappy looking, but I think it'll bounce. It'll it'll bounce back. But so be the summers in the state of Texas. I mean, over the last two summers, it's been just brutal. But I know people all over the country are having different, you know, back east, it's about floods and rain. Yep. You know, of course in the Midwest, it's about rain and and tornadoes. So everybody's suffering somewhere, except for our guy, Doc Trey in Colorado, that is absolutely gorgeous there. Yeah, he's doing all right. What's the uh, what's the farmer's almanac say? You still reading that thing? You buy into that BS? Well, it's the best. It's the best method of finding out what weather will be like for an entire year. And the farmer's almanac is letting me know right now that we will have some rain in the fall. We will be all right in the October months. Things will start to get a little bit wet during the football season. I hate that, but we need the rain because we need the rain coming into the spring. Elmira, El Nino. El Jovante, I don't know, but <laughs> Armour's Almanac says get a little get a little something, something in October, so things should be okay. We should be, you know, rocking and rolling a little bit. But believe me, we'll have that cold snap in the winter. Thus, I'm getting ready to get that generator put in. There you go. You got this is this is almost a must now for us, I think, all really all over the United States. But the way the weather patterns have been, you you've got to you've got to add that, especially if you own a home. You got to find a way to get a generator, because one thing Mama will not do. Mama does not like she 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 can do without electricity. She can't do without showering and doing mm. her hair. And she's not taking buckets of water and pouring it behind the toilet. You got to have that if you got a well or if you got a water system. You need to make sure that that, that thing is pulling it up and getting that because she's got to have that shower. She can't have yeah. messed up hair. No, and she doesn't want to deal with your nut cheese either. So she wants to make sure that you have a shower. I have also. Oh, it doesn't matter to me. I can take the hose and go out back, right? I can just take a bucket of water and pour it over me. I'm good to go. Oh, man. No, All but, right. but mama's not going to do that. 
No, no, I don't blame her either. We're locked in from 8 to 10. If you missed the inaugural episode of Bucky and BK, you can go back on YouTube. You can also check out the podcast on Spotify and Apple. And if you missed our fantastic conversation with legendary lifetime Longhorn Ricky Williams, we've also separated that as well. So that is isolated as a podcast, also as a YouTube video. Buck, we talked to Ricky for like 35 minutes, man. I couldn't tell you the last time he did an interview that long. That was a really fun conversation. He was good yesterday. He really was. He was really very candid on on a lot of on a lot of topics. And him talking about the running backs, I thought was fantastic yesterday. And you know that's that's a position. Hey, mama, don't let your babies grow up to be running backs. It sounds like because they're not going to get paid. Mm. That, that's the position that's t- taking a lot of hits. It's just the nature of the business. You can't blame you can't blame the owners. They know what's going to go. They know it, and running backs themselves know what's going on. They've got to be running backs slash wide receivers. They have to have. They have to be a little bit of everything, pass protectors, running backs, run with the football, and they've also got to be able to, to catch the ball if their value, if you want to have that value increase after that first contract because it's not. And he, and he believes after five years, there's a real, real problem. You just have taken so many hits. Yeah, absolutely. He's in week one action. But we do have two preseason games tonight, and one of the Texas teams is involved, Buck. The Houston Texans – in Foxborough, taking on the New England Patriots. I get it. It's preseason. The games don't matter. But all eyes down here in H-Town are going to be locked in on C.J. Stroud, the number two overall pick. Also, Will Anderson, the number three overall pick. Both of those guys making their NFL debuts. What uh, what are you expecting from C.J. Stroud out of Ohio State? Maybe Will Anderson, too, out of Alabama, Buck. You know, I'm expecting to see what I saw his senior year at Ohio State. I thought he was fabulous, and especially in, in some of the bigger games. Even in the game that they lost, you know, in, in the quarterfinals, I thought I thought he looked good. I thought he looked poised. I, I think you saw a lot of his good footwork when he really gets his feet going. He can escape. He's a big kid. He's got a strong arm. It looks like he studies the game. And, and more than anything for me with him going into his rookie season, how is he studying the pro game? Because I think he has all the physical attributes, but does he have that mental the mental attributes, which means get in the film room, really, really study the game, Find out what the tendencies are of different players, different teams, because that uptick now for him and speed of the game is is really, really different. I know people will tell you, well, it's it's always that way from Pop Warner to high school, from high school to college. But it's really from high school to the NFL that the speed of the game is really, really different. And so that's that means the speed of not only the physical game, but the mental game has to be there. And I think I think he's got those tools. I think he's a pretty sharp kid at quarterback. Yeah, I do, too. And people down here in Houston are pumped for this game tonight. Once again, they realize it's preseason, but everyone down here is on pins and needles waiting to see what C.J. Stroud can do. And you're right, that college football playoff game against Georgia, he was incredible. There were a lot of questions about C.J. Stroud, how good he was throwing on the run, right? How could he do if pockets collapsed in front of him? Because usually when Ohio State plays in the Big Ten, they're the best team on the field by far, right? right? Like their offensive line is lights out, one of the best in the country, and they're able to dominate whoever they're going up against. They had the best receivers in the country, you could argue, the last couple of years. So those guys were always able to get open. But against a like-talented team in Georgia, who obviously was the best team in the country last year, they've been the best team in the country the last couple of years, C.J. Stroud played the best game of his collegiate career and damn near won that game by himself. And if that idiot kicker makes that kick as the ball uh, ball is dropping on New Year's Eve, then Ohio State probably wins the national championship, Buck. And there's a chance that C.J. Stroud, not Bryce Young, is the number one pick in the draft in April. So there's a lot of optimism because of really the last two years for C.J. Stroud at Ohio State. But like you said, that game he played against Georgia, 
there's a lot of NFL dudes on that Bulldog defense. Yes, there CJ is. Stroud, he kind of picked them apart. And a couple in that secondary also. I thought he played really, really well. The other thing, um, BK, is he's going against Bill Belichick defense. I mean, what can you say about that? It doesn't matter what team he's going to be. I mean, whether you're playing against the Scrubs, the, the a little bit of the first team, but it's it's the first game. You're not going to see much of those. You know, those veterans aren't going to get in, but you're going to see, hey, it's the NFL. You're actually yeah. playing in the NFL. So I expect to, to see guys know what's going on in that Belichick defense. So I think this is a great test if he does play tonight. If they let him play a series or two, I think it's a great test for him because you can't go up against better defense. And no matter how the New England Patriots have been offensively, Bill Belichick's defense is still pretty salty. Yeah, absolutely. And then on the other side, Will Anderson, who we saw in Austin last year, the uh, stud edge rusher out of Alabama. I'll tell you what, our guy Chris Bennett in the comments already in here this morning. What's up, CB? He's right. Kelvin Banks, as a freshman, did very well against Will Anderson in that Texas-Alabama game back at DKR in September. That was kind of the game that made me think that, all right, we might have something special with Kelvin Banks. And it turned out he's pretty damn special, and I'm excited to see what he can do. But yeah, Will Anderson, a really, really talented player. Uh, obviously, the Texans made the big trade on draft night to go up to get him at number three. People are pretty excited about him, too. He's been getting rave reviews down here in Houston. So there's there's some fun players, Buck. I mean, the preseason for me, like, you know, hey, I have bet. Sorry, my cousin has bet on yes. the preseason in the All past. Right. I'm sure yours has as well. Well, don't get, don't, don't get knocked out of YouTube because – you know, your preseason betting because that's that that's the talk going around sports right now. Be careful of your betting. Oh, you think I'm going to get like a six-show suspension if I uh... – <laughs> That is great. That would be fantastic. And, yeah, and thanks to Jeff Howe from uh, uh, Horns247 who gave me some information on, you know, Mr. Banks and that offensive line yeah. at the University of Texas. And he thinks this is a an offensive line that's going to be unbelievable for, for years to come. Now, he's not going to be here the full stint of, you know, you know, four or five years. When that when that kid's eligibility comes up for the NFL, that dude is gone. That's a that's a first round draft pick, probably yep. in the top five or six of uh, the way he's played. But there's others along that offensive line that Jeff Howe has, you know, from Horns two four seven has let me know that look absolutely fantastic. The the offensive line coach is just crazy about Jake Majors, the center. You know, but there was there was always to me about Jake Magers that he was going to be too small and all this stuff, but he is a leader on this offensive line. He has been for the, he's been since he's a freshman. So he's been playing this position and playing it pretty well since he's a freshman, but everybody always wants bigger, taller. They want a stronger guy, but he's, the, he's the true leader of this offensive line. It gets them going in the right directions, picking up blitzes and everything else. And the offense and, and the line coach just loves him. Just yeah. absolutely loves what he's doing for this football team. And to guide the other young guys, you know, having a veteran in the middle and guide the young guys around him, BK, it's going to be fantastic this season. Yeah, this offensive line should be really good. I mean, that oh, yeah. was a pleasant surprise from last year's team. And all five starters are back from last year's team, too. So, yeah, I think it starts with Kelvin Banks. Uh, we've still got him for two more years, so we'll enjoy the two years. Absolutely. That he stays on campus. But you're right. I mean, he's got a chance to be the first first-round offensive lineman from the University of Texas since Mike Williams, Buck, in the early 2000s. It's been that long since Texas has had an offensive lineman selected in the first round of the NFL draft. If uh, Kelvin Banks stays healthy, knock on wood, he's going to break that curse. 
next year in the uh, 2025 NFL draft. But no he's doubt. a stud, man. He's a freaking monster. He held his own against Will Anderson, who was the first defensive player drafted in April. It all starts with him, but you're right. I mean, it's five guys, all five guys from a very, very solid unit coming back last year. It's the same offensive line coach, which is kind of rare because it feels like, well, every position coach at Texas has changed a million times, but especially up front on the offensive line, it feels like we've had a different O-line coach every single year. It's nice having the coach back. It's nice having the uh, five starters back. And they also have depth. That's what they haven't had in recent years. If somebody does get hurt, they actually have guys who could come in off the bench that you feel pretty good about, which is a good problem to have. Yeah, they've had, had, they've, they've had guys that have been, you know, four stars and they don't have the two stars. And they are the four stars and five star kids playing on that offensive line. So that means when one goes down, the other one should be ready to just step right in. They shouldn't miss a beat. Yeah. Yeah. And DJ Campbell's one of those guys, former five star, right? Like not okay. technically listed as a starter right now, but a guy who's going to get some playing time early this season. And then the big boy, Cam Williams, from uh, Duncanville, that guy's massive. Another guy not listed as a starter, but you feel like, man, the potential for both of those young cats is through the roof. So, yeah, I mean, you, you know the game better than I do, Buck. It all starts up front. If you want to be successful as an offense, if you want to have a good run game, if you want to give your quarterback enough time to throw the ball to have an effective pass game, you have to have the offensive line figured out. And that's that's been a huge issue with Texas a lot over the last 12, 13 years. Like you said, and like Jeff said, Kind of sounds like they've got that figured out for the foreseeable future. Now, if they can hone in what they want to do on the defensive side, they were so much better on the defensive line last year. Uh, and, and according to Jeff, it sounds like that um, the big guy, Collins, is starting to figure it out, which that that's a scary that, – that should be scary to opposing teams. Now, they're probably not going to get scared by what they see on film and what they've seen of him in the past, you know, because he doesn't really scare you. He, he, he has a, a series where he's really, really good. And then he has three games where you don't even see him. But it looks like Alfred Collins has, has kind of figured it out. And if he's figured it out at the practices, I believe that that means an awful lot in the games because you can kind of cruise through the practices. And just because you've got the big body, you got, you know, you got all the size, all the ability in, in those games, you just you, you don't get a chance that you don't get a chance to really, really see it because you don't get to get in the games if you don't get it done at practice. And it sounds like he's getting it done at practice against a lot of really talented offensive linemen right now. And if that young guy gets it going, I think the whole defense gets it going. I mean, I'm, I'm already excited about this secondary at the University of Texas. I'm just just crazy about it. I think it's one of the best in the nation. I looked at some of these defensive backs and some of these teams with, that, that have all these accolades, you know, about their secondary. And I don't see Texas in them. But I think the Texas Longhorns, you know, by midseason will be one of those, one of those groups in that secondary that people are going to go crazy. I mean, they, I just think they're talented. They're long. They, they're fast. And they can hit, you know. Yep. That, the whole thing is they 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 run the alleys really well. They position themselves really well, and there isn't a tackling epidemic. Epidemic. There was not one <laughs> last year. These guys really played hard last year. I thought, and I think they'll continue to do that. Yeah, yeah. You know, back to Alfred Collins for a second. I I feel like we've heard this before with him. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, he's going into his senior year. He's a five star out of Central Texas, so a lot of Longhorn fans watched him in high school, and everybody knew who he was when he got to the 40 Acres, and his high school film was ridiculous, and just the buzz and excitement surrounding that young man when he got to campus was crazy. But every year, it's like, man, going into his true freshman year, it's like, oh, this guy's going to be one of the best freshmen in the country. Like, you got to watch out. And it didn't happen. And going into his sophomore year, it's like, oh, no, no, he took a step. He looks better. This is the year he breaks out. Didn't happen. Going into last year, I feel like we heard some of the th- same stuff, and it didn't happen. So 
look, I, I hope you're right. I hope Jeff's right. I hope Alfred Collins proves me wrong. Hell, if they want to play Texas sports unfiltered in the locker room at DKR and they want uh, they want to hear me saying this, then fine. Be my guest. Use this as motivation. But I'm, I'm not buying into Alfred Collins too much, man. Okay, like I just, well, I, I, this is a fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. I feel like I've been fooled three times with Alfred Collins and believing that this is the year. Of I would agree. I, I'm wrong, but I, I'm worried. I'm worried about uh, this guy actually living up to all that potential. I, I, I agree 100%. Bo Davis has to, you know, I you continue to hear about what a great coach Bo Davis and recruiter he is. Well, I need Bo Davis to have a guy like this play up to snuff. This guy should be first team. He should be no less than first team Big 12. I mean, this guy should be pushing for All-American. This guy should have been pushing for All-American with, with the body type and, and his, you know, the five-star coming out of high school. He's not reached his potential. I hear about Bo Davis being able to really, really coach the defensive line. If you can't get to this guy, I don't know who you can get to. There's not a, there's not a better-looking athlete that's going to come through the doors for the University of Texas, even though they're having fantastic recruiting years over the last three years. There's not a better-looking athlete that they have in their recruiting list than what they have on the field right now. So this is about coach and player. This yeah. is about can you get this kid's attitude right? Can you get his head right? And a lot of it has to do with the player. I understand that. But a lot of lot of lot of a lot of flowers going out to Bo Davis. Well, I'd like to give him a bouquet of roses if he can get this guy going because that's what it's going to be. Yep. I mean, if this guy gets going, this makes a true difference on your defensive line. I don't think he has the the flexibility to be out there wide. You know, now if I want to if I want to hold the perimeter, that's fine. Or if I can tell him just get on the outside and hold the perimeter, that's fine. But I don't think he has that flexibility. You know, that real real quick twitch. But inside. He'll make it. He'll make it miserable for, for you know, guards and centers if he can get in there because he's got that big body with his hands up in the air. He's going to bat down a thousand passes. Yep. You know, he should be able to do that. I, I'm, yep. I've been disappointed, but you know, you have to have optimism with this because he's only got one more year. Exactly. That's it. Exactly. And yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of dudes on the interior of this defensive line, right? I mean, you've got Tavondre Sweat still. You've got Byron Murphy, who showed out last year. You've got sure. Vernon Broughton, who's been on campus for a couple of years. So uh, if Alfred Collins is able to get a bunch of playing time, number one, Absolutely. but also play to that all-conference level, that, that means he's playing really damn well, and that means he's beating out some really talented players too. Yeah, and they, and obviously the freshman, BK, I mean, as we talk about the University of Texas, the freshman, the, the incoming freshman, some of these kids in the secondary, not not there's some leadership back there with Catalan for sure kid coming from Arkansas we we know how 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 well he plays we've seen him we've seen him not only play the position but devastate the position I, I think he's he's a he's a hell of a leader I yeah. think he understands the game of football I think he understands the game of positioning but he's got to stay healthy you know he can't be one of those guys that needs to make the big hit every time he comes to the ball I mean he just needs to position himself whether it be the rugby tackle or whatever just bring guys down but he's always been that guy who launches himself hurts himself because he made he's made the big hit but he's a player and he's a leader and they need this guy in the secondary to really really stay healthy not only do they need him in the secondary to me he's going to be a big part of a young linebacker core with the exception of, of the one guy they they're gonna they're gonna have to have this this linebacker core and i think he's going to be almost like a linebacker more than a safety yeah yeah our guy jake with the comment really hope catalan can stay healthy i mean he's an all-conference caliber player. Hell, he was an all-SEC player sure. a couple of years ago at Arkansas, but the big issue with him over the last two seasons has been just staying on the field. So, yeah, I mean, that was a huge get for Sark and PK in the transfer portal. 
that guy could stay on the field. He's got a chance to be the best player on this Texas defense. Oh, there's no forget, doubt. Forget just best safety or best secondary player. Like, if he's able to stay healthy, he's got a real shot to be the best player on this defense and end up being maybe a first, probably a second or third round pick in the NFL draft. But you're right. Yeah. You're right. There's reason to be excited about the talent in the back end, Buck. Yeah, and this is a, I think this is a group in the secondary, you know, with Brooks back there and, and some of these guys. He's probably been – it's not a surprise. I think we saw him in the bowl game. We saw a little bit of, of how he runs and how he gets the ball and his ability to cover and his length. I think this is a secondary that not only can cover, but I think that you'll see the interceptions numbers pick up for them. Not like, not like Ford, not like, like they did at the linebacker position. They had enough at just linebacker. One guy alone had enough interceptions himself. But I think the secondary, I think you can see close to double digits interceptions out of this secondary. I think there are a lot of guys going to see you'll see a lot of tip balls because of the length of this group. They'll be right in the hip pockets of wide receivers, and others will be around them. I think they will fold together really, really nicely on on tip balls. But I think you, I, I'm looking for double digit interceptions. As I said, I think this should be one of the best secondaries, you know. And I'm going to say in the top ten secondaries in the country when it's all said and done, halfway point of the football season. I like them a lot. Yes, we got a little hesitation from BK. We have a little technical issue right there. But we were talking about Texas Longhorn football, so it's um, it's 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 going to be. Hello there, Trey. BK went frozen. BK is frozen like somebody's scared of the moment. BK's not scared of the moment, though. Of course, that should be, shouldn't that be? Aren't these things supposed to be happening to me? These things are supposed to be happening to you. We're going to remove frozen BK, and I think there you go. frozen BK is going to pop back on. There we go. Ah, there's unfrozen BK. Sorry about that, guys. Unfrozen caveman lawyer for you. You unfrozen. need me to come over there and fix these things for you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on. You're the uh, you're the tech expert here. Please, Trey. Trey we're talking. We're talking some Longhorn football and. In particular, we're talking about one Mr. Alfred Collins in his senior year and the difference that he can make if he's the guy that everybody wants him to be. But is he the guy he wants to be? Can he be the guy? This this is such a beautiful manifestation of UTSD right now because we all read that Alfred Collins is doing good things in fall camp and he's actually showing cons some consistency and we're like, great, let's, let's see it week two, week three in the season. Let's see it for a month straight. And we'll maybe start to believe that this dude that we were all huge on when he committed to Texas and stepped foot on campus, as you guys talked about. He flashed. He really did flash in his, his, his freshman and sophomore year. There were, some, there were some flashes, but I just couldn't believe the consistency couldn't be there from week to week. Give me something in the second week. Don't give me something great in the first and then come back in the eighth week. I mean, can you give me a little something in the second week or a little something in the third? There's, there was no consistency whatsoever. He's bounced around a little bit positionally too, and yes, that's yes, he has. his development. But uh, they've got him on the inside once again, and he's got a lot of talent around him. So teams aren't going to be able to focus solely on him this year. So hopefully he gets it gets it figured out, and hopefully you guys aren't freezing up anymore this show. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you, Trey. That's why we've got a good bullpen here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. I he's couldn't figure out. He's the doctor. He's he's always there. I'm just glad you guys stayed on. Like, my whole screen went dark, and I'm like, uh-oh, all of us are off the air. That would have been a disaster. But, uh, nah, some technical issues over here down in Houston. That's why I got to get back up to Austin, Buck.
that we don't have to as worry about as soon as you can like man this. as soon as you can yeah get all, get all the things you have to get done and come on back how about uh how about this story right here from our guy darren i remember meeting mike williams at highland mall back in the day i said what's up to him and he was like look at that fine chick she was obese this is when I learned to never look up to athletes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she needs love too. Yep. Yes, she does. The plus size pleaser, you know what they say. Absolutely, brother. All right, man. Before we get back and do uh, some other conversation, why don't you tell the great people listening right now about the greatness of our buddy Tom McKay and audio visual consultations? Yeah, you need to be the envy of your neighborhood and the envy of all your friends by getting a hold of Tom McKay and audiovisual consultations. This is where you don't have to shop for the TV, and then the surround sound, and then all the mounts and the equipment needed to make it all work. Tom and his guys are going to come to your place and get it done the right way without you putting puncturing holes all through the walls and having to put up plaster and everything else. Audiovisual consultations is one of the largest dealers of most televisions and audio brands, and they've got the hottest items in stock, which is important. That means you don't have to wait around for six weeks to get your stuff like I did when I built this new house and wondering when I was going to get my refrigerator. I had my college refrigerator. AB Consultations has everything in stock just for you. The hardest to find smart TVs and Sonos equipment. And one of the great things about Tom, he's not raising prices either. Audiovisual Consultations, 512-255-8678 or catch them online at abconsultations.com. Yes, sir. And I'll give some love to our guy, Shelby, over there at sendtextickets.com. They've got tickets to every sporting event all year Round. If you want to buy your Longhorn tickets, hey, you can already do that at sendtextickets.com. They've got Cowboys tickets, Texans tickets. If you're a baseball fan, Rangers and Astros, they've got you covered with tickets to every sporting event that you could want. But it's not just sports. Broadway shows, concert tickets, Austin City Limits Music Festival, just a couple of months away from that. All Formula of it on site. Formula F1. One, my friend. Yeah, get ready for uh, F1 out at Coda again this year. They've got it all. 100% guaranteed tickets. You can buy them right from the comfort of your own living room. Sentextickets.com. Love Shelby. Love Shelby. We're going to be giving away some tickets on this very show. Thanks to, to Shelby. So oh, yeah. Fact, we may give, give a couple away here for the first game because Rice, the beast that is Rice, the owl, oh, yeah. coming to town. I'm, I'm excited to start that out because I think JT Daniels is our quarterback for his 15th year in college football. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't Texas know how many years you can play. How does this thing work? These guys man, continue to play on and on and on. I don't know. It just it feels like once COVID happened, like th- there was no such thing as graduating. You know, no. Like you're supposed to get one extra year of eligibility because of COVID, and everybody was fine with that, obviously, because COVID just ruined everything in 2020. Sure. But it it feels like that one year has turned into like three or four, maybe even unlimited extra years. Because you're right. It feels like JT Daniels has been in school forever. I mean, Texas has already beaten that guy at two different schools. <laughs> he was at USC when they came to Austin and Texas That's won right. that game. Like, what, in 2018? And then, obviously, he was at West Virginia, and Texas beat him. And then, yeah, now he's going to be at Rice, and Texas is going to beat him again. So, I guess I guess JT Daniels just loves getting his ass kicked by the University of Texas. Bring it on. He keeps going to places where, uh, where he gets the chance to do that. Hey, BK, let me ask you this question. I wanted to ask you this yesterday. You know, we were talking about – Texas and their their rankings. Uh, other Big 12 teams in, in, in some of this, in the rankings, in the Big 12 themselves. You know, mm. Joey McGuire believes everything goes through Lubbock, yep. including my porta potty. I mean, it just, he, I think he believes that this team, you know, I thought he did a fantastic job, Coach McGuire, last year in his rookie season with, with Texas Tech. 
you know, legendary high school coach. You know, he's he's been on other campuses. But this guy, I thought he was special, but I just don't see it. I, I know he wants to – everybody in, in, in Lubbockville wants to keep it all pumped up and everything. But this is a group that they go through five quarterbacks a year. I don't know. There's something about the turf. There's something in the air. But this is a group, BK, that when, when these dudes hit the ground, next quarterback, okay, two weeks later, next quarterback. But I think they're feeling – pretty good in, in, in the kid that they have coming back again this year. You know, they lost the number one draft, one of, one of the guys that left in the first round, their defensive end, but they believe in this defensive line. They think that's still one of their strong points is the defensive line. Yeah. Joey McGuire fits right in, in Lubbock, right? With all that confidence, oh, yeah. with all that optimism. I mean, Texas I love Tech it. fans, they're, they're always feeling like this is going to be their year in every sport. And they feel good about their future in the Big 12, right? Like maybe not exactly this year, although they are ranked number 24 in the uh, preseason coaches poll. And I've seen some national people. It's not just Texas Tech fans drinking that black and red Kool-Aid. I've seen national folks kind of say, hey, watch out for Texas Tech this year. Like they could be a dark horse contender in the Big 12. I even saw something on ESPN last week where somebody said Tech could be a dark horse playoff contender. This year, Buck. That's way too much drinking there. That that Kool Aid, that's sour right there. I'm not buying into that. But yeah, yeah, they, as got I said, I, they go through too many quarterbacks for me to, you know, they don't, they they can't consistently keep a guy healthy. And as I said, I don't know if it is if it's the 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 turf. You know, I've seen what horses do. Things happen there and walls and stuff. I don't know what it is, but for some odd reason, they can't keep a quarterback healthy enough to make it through eight games of a season. I don't believe. Yeah, yeah, Tyler Shuck is their guy. That's the guy you yes. were talking about, the Oregon transfer who got hurt last year. Uh, it feels like he's been hurt just about every year he's played college football. hes uh, I mean, a couple of years ago, people were saying this guy had a chance to maybe be a first-round pick when his college career was done, but injuries have kind of been a huge problem for him. So you're right. Yeah, Tech has dealt with a lot of injuries at quarterback, but they do have some depth there. Baron Morton, oh, yeah. guy who played some last year, did some good things for them. They lost Donovan Smith who was uh, a guy, I think he was the guy who beat Texas last year and played a lot of the season. He's now at Houston. Big old kid, yeah. Yeah, he's a starting quarterback at the University of Houston uh, this year. So Texas will have to deal with him again. But you're right. I mean, yeah, if if Tyler Shuck stays healthy, Tech still has plenty of talent. They've recruited really well. They did a great job in the portal this offseason. I'm glad that game is in Austin this year, Buck. I am too. And that game, game, I believe, is going to mean something late in the football season too. I think that's not only a game that – needed to be played in Austin. But I think it's going to be a very meaningful game, maybe for both teams at that time, and that and the opportunity to get to the Big 12 championship. And, yeah. you know, and speaking of those games like that, the Baylor Bears, the team that scares me out of all the teams. Now, OU should scare me because they just have enough talent. that they'll, From year to year, they had a new coach last year. Expectations were high, but I, I don't know. It's that Baylor group that tends to always – Give me, give me a little bit of the scare, especially late in the season. They seem to find a way to get, you know, to have an upset here or there. Now, their their quarterback will be going into his third year as a starter, uh, or third third year as a starter. And I believe there's another kid that, once again, he seems to get hurt at the most inopportune times for the for the Baylor Bears. There's not an opportune time, by the way, for a quarterback to get hurt out there, folks. Sorry about that. Well, that was an inopportune time. There's never an opportune time for you to lose a quarterback. But he seems to get a, uh, you know, get bangs of the turf or whatever. But if he stays healthy, I still like the way he plays the game. I have they've been trying to get rid of him at Baylor, I think, for the last couple of years as a starter. But I think he's back as their starter. He's, he's he's a veteran player, and if their if their offensive line can hold up, I think they've got a nice young 
freshman, uh, sophomore now. He's a sophomore running back that's really, really good. And I think he's one of the best runners in the Big 12, too. Yeah, we uh, we as Texas fans know all about quarterbacks getting hurt at inopportune times, don't right. we? Unfortunately. Absolutely. But yeah, Baylor Baylor's an interesting team, right? Because Dave Aranda, in, I think his first year was the COVID year in 2020, and it was a mess. Uh, but in year two, basically his first full season as a head coach, Baylor won 12 games. They right. Won the Sugar Bowl. Like it was a, uh, they were really, really good. And they obviously won the Big 12 championship that year, too. I think everybody was kind of expecting Baylor to be maybe not as good as that last year, but they took a, a pretty big step back and finished the season six and seven. So, uh, yeah, it's a weird team, right? Kind of feels like a big year for Dave Aranda. Expectations in Waco now are kind of high because they've just had so many coaches recently that have been able to come in there and have success. So I don't know how hot the seat is for Dave Aranda, but if they do have another six and six type of season, there could be some conversations going on uh, about his future. But Baylor's one of those teams. I mean, that's that's the first conference game this year, Buck. Yeah, I, I was, and I was thinking that for for Baylor and Dave Aranda with Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big Twelve and headed to the SEC, I thought they me they needed to be the team that everybody was looking to in the Big 12 and, yeah. and, and to, to stay atop of the conference year in, year out. This is a great opportunity for them. Now, TCU will say it's a great opportunity for us. Texas Tech will say it's a great opportunity for them. Houston wants to get in the mix. I think they're going to be a couple of years away from being in that mix. But with the others joining, you know, Arizona State, with uh, BYU, with, I mean, with Utah, I mean, I, I just think there's there's an opportunity for somebody to take the mantle. And I, I, was, I was thinking that, that Baylor and Dave Aranda, you know, the way they've recruited, the way they've gone into the portal, uh, but they've lost some talented players. And two years ago, I mean, down in Houston, they got the, the, the safety that ended up playing with the Texans. I thought he was one of the best in the country. I mean, they lost really talented players on defense. That defense was Dave Aranda especially, and they did a fantastic job with it. They haven't quite gotten back to that at all. Now, they've got a good running back. They've lost a couple of big offensive linemen in, in, linemen in the draft, but I, I think for them, it will always be about the defense for Baylor. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's kind of a big year in the Big 12, right? Like, obviously, Texas and Oklahoma fans are like, okay, can we have our shit together and be ready for the move to the right. SEC, right? Like, that's, that's the focus. Obviously, you're trying to win the conference this year on your way out, but it's also like, okay, are we ready to make the move to the best conference in the sport? But I think for all of the other teams that are staying in the Big 12, it's like, hey – can we be the team that's like favored right. to win this conference once Texas and Oklahoma leave? Like, I know it changes year over year. I get that. But like if, if another team, if somebody outside of Texas and Oklahoma wins this league this year, people are going to be kind of anointing that team as like, oh no, they're about to run this conference for the next few years. Now that uh, the two biggest brands are no longer in it. And can Sonny Dykes coach well enough? Because I think he's a fantastic coach. Can he coach well enough to be that guy now? You know, he's been into every conference there is with the exception of the SEC. Now he has an opportunity with his team after what happened last year, the great year that they had, and the way those kids kind of melded in with him. Can he do that? I mean, he's got a lot of transfers. He's got a lot of guys that got out of the portal, talented football players that didn't make it somewhere else. But is this guy that kind of coach to meld these kids together that over the next couple of years, this is going to be his conference, uh, TCU, the Horn Frogs. Will this be their conference? They've got a real opportunity to take take this conference, you know, uh, take a hold of this conference, really. I know we're talking about Texas Tech and Baylor and, and somebody else. You know, K-State, you can't leave them out. they got the best coach in the conference, as a matter of fact, I still believe. Mm. Uh, uh, but this is, to me, this is, this is a, a real opportunity 
for some of these teams. Who will it be? And for me, I think TCU, because I think Sonny Dykes is a fantastic coach. And I think he can recruit. I think he's got that Metroplex area that he can grab kids out of. Kids that go off to other schools with the transfer portal seem they want to come back home to that area, talented football players. And, folks, what he did last year was – that was phenomenal yeah. with that team. I know Gary Patterson had a lot to do with building the program and, and building up that team. But nobody coached it like Sonny Dykes did last year. Yeah. Nobody nobody coached in the Big 12 like Sonny Dykes did last year. And I still think the best coach is, is at K-State. And, I, and, I'm not, and I'm not shying away from saying Kansas doesn't have a pretty good coach for, for what's going on at University of Kansas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Last thing for me on this – uh, before we switch gears here, of the new teams that are in this conference, UCF, Houston, Cincinnati, BYU, Texas only plays two of them this year, right? They've got the trip to right. Houston, and they uh, host BYU like back-to-back weeks towards the middle of conference play. But of the four new schools, which one do you think has uh, the best chance to maybe have good have a good impact this year in year one, but also have lasting power in the Big 12? Well, UCF has that, that quarterback who's coming back. He's pretty, He's pretty good. So they've got a veteran coming back, the quarterback position, and some other players that can – I think they're going to really – I don't know if they'll be the dark horse, but but I think they've got a real chance because they've. when you come back in with a veteran quarterback and still with some remaining talent on, I think you always have a chance. And a pretty good head coach too. Yep, absolutely. All right, let me uh, give a word to our friends over at the Altstadt Brewery real quick. Altstadt beer is the best beer that you can find wherever you are in the great – state of texas their brewery is located in fredericksburg right in the heart of the beautiful central texas hill country you can find six packs in those 15 packs of Altstadt beer wherever you buy your beer all throughout the state if you're in austin if you're in san antonio if you're in dallas if you're in houston it does not matter they've got you covered with Altstadt, and it's also popping up at more and more of your favorite bars and restaurants throughout the state as well Definitely don't miss out on your chance to try the greatness of Altstadt beer. They've got a bunch of different brews, too. Something for every beer drinker out there. If you haven't tried it yet, look, you've heard me talk about it for years. I don't know what you're waiting for. One sip, and you won't go back to the other beers that you have been drinking in the past. It is Altstadt beer. No impurities. No regrets. All right, Buck, I'm impressed, man. Like, we had a two-hour show yesterday. Yes, you sir. Didn't ha- you didn't have to get up and use the bathroom once. And we're about 40 minutes into show number two. And so far, so good. Are you uh, are you feeling comfortable? Are you feeling confident that you could make it two shows without having to get up and uh, use the loo? So far, so good. But uh, today, I will be going to get the piss bucket so that I have it right here, ready to go. I'm I'm going to not take any chances because to get totally relaxed, I generally have to have two cups of coffee. Now, my wife is getting me all set up in the mornings, but this is only one cup. She says you're going to have to get down to one cup. No, I'm going to have to have the pot up here of coffee, but I'm going to have to have the little, my own porta potty. And that would be the Lowe's bucket. The piss bucket will have to be underneath this desk. And you folks will never know when it's happening. Uh-huh. I won't change my expression. I'll just go about my business. Hopefully you won't hear anything, you know, but, but it's going to happen. It's going to have like, to happen. I feel like we definitely will hear something, you know, like it's, it's right under you. It's going to be picked up by the microphone. People are going to know exactly when it's happening. Wow. Yeah, I, I, it's going to happen. I'm, you know, I'm 68 years old, but the people at Delta think I'm 70 because that's what they got from me the other day. And there comes a time if you go two cups of coffee, you're not doing anything. There's no such thing as pre peeing. You know what I mean? You can't pre pee and then go do two hours without peeing again. That's there's no pre pee that that settles you in for the rest of the day. It's going to happen again. And so, so far, so good. 
We got to get you a diaper, man, That's or a, a catheter. Man or diaper, a man diaper. Come on, you're at that I, age now. My uh, my wife has already talked about, dude. Just put a man diaper on yourself and go about your business. I'm like, I'm not sitting in that. What am uh, I just learning how to be potty trained? I'm not doing that. Mm. I'm I'm I am potty trained, but I just don't have that <laughs> holding power. I'm not like the females who can go for a ride in a car for eight hours and say, uh, I'm not going in that bathroom. I'll hold it for another six hours. I'm like, really? What do you mean that bathroom? I'm king of the porta potty. What are you talking about? That bathroom, that gas station bathroom? Yeah. No, I don't you're, know. The one, you're, you're the one raw dogging it at a uh, porta potty outside of a high school in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. So I know you're not worried about any bathroom anywhere. So far, so good, too, on, on anything happening to me. There, there haven't been any any symptoms of VD or anything. There's, there's no welts or any lesions on my ass right now. Everything seems to be in order. Good. It really does. And I don't think there is. I, like I said, I've got a, I've got a better chance of something happening to my face after putting my face on the seats at the Atlanta airport. than I do that porta potty, that porta potty yeah. may have been cleaner than the Atlanta airport. Sorry about that. Falcon fans. Mm, but well, that's, but yeah. let's, uh, I'm going to show you this video. You tell me if this is clean or not, and you tell me if this is something that uh, you're going to do on the show at some point. Take a look. Oh, my, it's raining in that casino. <laughs> Why is it raining in that casino? Yeah, it's raining right under the seat that she is sitting in, huh? Are you That's kidding what, me? What what a place for a leak. Yeah, oh, randomly there's a leak in that chair. How about that? How nasty is that? The woman's playing a slot machine at a casino, and she is just urinating right there on the floor. She really wanted that machine. Now, there's machines that I, I go out of my way to play, and when, when like, when ladies are, or ladies or guys at my machine, I will stand and hover around that machine. But no, I'll give it up to go to the bathroom. I'm, I'm not going to do it. Plus, that machine's not – she's not in tune to that machine anymore, by the way. I know yep. she thinks she doesn't want to leave that machine, but machines don't like that. Nobody wants to be pissed on, and she's not in tune. you got to put your hand on the machine. You can't pee on the machine. I think that's going to work. If you, if you are a gambler and you go into casinos, Make sure that you are in tune with your machine. Yep. You can't. That means you can't turn to the side. You know, if a pretty girl goes by, or if 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 some hobo skanky dude comes by, you can't turn your head away from the machine. You have to stay in full contact with the machine that you're playing, slot machine. It will work for you. Once that machine feels your your vibes, then you can win. I do this. I get. I put my arm around the machine. People are watching me with my hand on top of the machines. <laughs> the filthy machines at the slot machines. But I don't turn my head. I don't get fixated on anything else in the casino. I just go, I don't care if somebody just craps out and is screaming. I just look dead ahead at this machine. And you definitely can't pee on the machine. Machine's not into that. (laughs) What are you like rubbing the back of the machine? You're like giving it a hug? I put my hand on the side of the machine and rub it like a genie's lamp. Uh And I've I've done well at at certain machines. I just have. Because it feels my vibe. I feel the machine's vibe. But peeing on a machine is not going to do it. How about this question, Buck? How much to lay under that seat at that casino? No, I'm not sleeping <laughs> at that casino. No, no, no. That's not going to happen. I'm really yeah. done with sleeping in places like that. I, I, I uh, really, I, oh, you don't have to sleep. You just have to lay there under where uh, where she oh, was peeing. No, 
No. <laughs> we got to get no. her a Lowe's bucket, man. That's yeah. uh, that's her problem. I am not Robert R. Kelly. I'm not into that. <laughs> this is not going to work for me. I think, dude, you, you and I are in the same boat. Like, I've I've gotten into slots a lot more over the last couple of years. And um, you got to feel the machine. Like, I'll literally right. walk around the entire casino until I feel it. And then, okay, I'll feel it once. But then I'm like, hold on, I got to take another lap. And I've got to feel the same machine twice before I go sit down and actually yes. feel like that's the one. And if I have yes. any doubt, if I have any doubt, it's like, ah, then that's not it. Then I got to go somewhere else. I got to either play table games. I got to go to the sports book. I got to go back to my room, whatever. But you got to feel the machine before you sit down. And the machine has to, to feel, feel you, BK. It has to be in, in tune to, to what you're about. Oh, listen to the truth. Here he comes Uh-oh. the doctor. He's giving us, he's going to give us some advice. You guys gamble like a couple of old women. Will you of course. A real section of the casino to go to? My gosh. <laughs> We've got to feel it, man. Trey, you, you can't just go sit at a random machine. It's got to, it's the aura's got to be right. The vibes have to be right. That's why you've never wanted a slot machine, Trey, where you just go and pick out one and say, okay, this is the one. It's not that way. That machine has to feel you and you have to feel the machine or it's not going to happen. I've also never queefed in my life and I'm okay with both of those things. <laughs> well, what about, what about that lady peeing at the machine? Is she going to win? She's not, that machine is not going to let her win. Slapping so hard. You can't do that. I'm playing it again. Hold on. Where is it that she oh, thinks people. I'm going to be a winner here? <laughs> I'm a winner. No, yeah. you're a loser, lady. <laughs> Maybe she was winning. She was on a hot streak. She didn't want to get up and leave and use the bathroom. She just wanted to keep riding it out. Oh, her seat was heating up all right. Oh, my God. Trey, how much uh, – let me go back to the question. How much to lay under that seat? 100000 maybe. Oh, no, you guys, you guys sell out entirely too quickly with these sorts of questions. It is allowing somebody to urinate on you. Yeah, I'll take like a $20 Taco Bell gift card. <laughs> and an AV consultation, big screen TV, and they can pee all over you, huh? That's Come it, on, man. That is no. it. Yeah. Just give me a, get our boy Ish over at 7-Eleven to give me like a year supply of Slurpees. And then I'm, I'm in 100%. By the way, I had pizza from 7-Eleven yesterday. That has been my favorite brand for a little bit of time now. Thank you, Ish. I love the pizza. They've gone to a new pizza uh, uh, production, which is good. They're back to oh. the old. They're back to the old slices. It's really tasty. Great news. Yeah, they don't have yeah. that many 7-Elevens in Houston, unfortunately. Like they're all over Austin, and where I grew up in Dallas, they're all over Dallas. That's one of the reasons why I'm excited to get back up to Austin, man. I, I freaking love 7-Eleven. The Slurpees, the Big Gulps, the nachos, the pizza. They got it all, and they're a big sponsor of uh, of Texas Sports Unfiltered. So go see our guy, Ish. He's at the Monterey Oaks location in South Austin. Go say what's up to him. He's going to take care of you. But just go to any 7-Eleven. They're your Absolutely. go-to convenience store for everything. What, this time what do we got going on in the Houston area? What do we got, Piggly Wiggly? Piggly yeah. Wiggly? Yeah, Wawa bag or whatever it is. I mean, what 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 are the convenience stores? There's no, there's got to be Wawa. something. That's, you just combined like Wawa and Wagabag. You talk about Wagabag. Yeah, Wagabag. <laughs> Wag. Uh, they don't have any Wagabags down here. Oh shoot, there was that Wagabag on uh, on 24th on West Campus that was there forever. I don't know if it's still there. But I don't man, think it's I, there any longer. Big fan I, of that I don't, place man. too. 
Yeah, no, no seven. Like there's like three or four seven elevens, but they're all like way on the outskirts of town. I can't quite figure out why. Oh, they're on that side of town. Nah, they're uh, on on all the sides of town. There you go. The other sides of the tracks, if you know. There you go, brother. If you know what I mean. Yes. Oh man. All right. Fun, uh, fun conversation there. That is, that is disgusting. Hopefully, that you is, don't get your your Lowe's bucket. Have you used the Lowe's bucket before? Like you talk about that bucket as if like it's been your pee bucket for like decades now. No, it, it's really. I don't generally go to I, when I say bucket. Actually, it's the painter's trough. It's a little one. It's half of the big orange bucket that they have. Or I know Lowe's is blue. Yeah, Home <laughs> Depot is burnt orange. So it's the it's the the Lowe's is the blue one, but they also have one that you use for painting that you get the brush in. And that's half the size of the big bucket. That's, that's me. I can't fill up a big old Lowe's bucket. I don't got that much. I don't have that many fluids in me, Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's only a two hour show too. You shouldn't, you shouldn't need to fill up a whole bucket there. No, I'm, I'm, I'm learning that you can, you know, you can, I'm being potty trained all over again at 68. So it's, it's cool. I can get this done. There you go. It all depends on the intake of coffee, though. Yeah, I love my coffee in the morning. Yeah, but uh, I also, like I said, BK, this has been a lot, awful lot of fun. Day number two. I I can't wait to continue to 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 keep this going. And when this football season starts, talking Longhorn football. Oh, hell, what's what's cool about this? I can talk Penn State football. You know, that's right. The Nittany Lions. They got a they got a group. They got a group. They got a nice young quarterback that hasn't gone. It won't be in his fifteenth year. <laughs> going to be, be a sophomore, which I'm excited about. I'm excited about the run game there. I'm excited. I'm really excited about talking about the run game at the University of Texas. You know, we had Ricky yesterday, and we talked to, uh, a lot about Bijan Robinson, but we didn't really hit Ricky up on these kids that are runners here, you know, C.J. Baxter as a freshman. And, and the thing about a freshman to me is you can see it almost immediately. You know, everybody takes a little bit of time to get used to the, as I said, to the college game, the speed of the game, especially as a runner, but there's a naturalness about a running back, whether he's in high school, college, NFL, that is just there. And when I saw him run in the spring, I just, he looked like a young runner. It just wasn't there yet. I mean, it did. It's going to take him a little bit of time because he's a tall runner. He's an upright type of runner. Uh, He runs, he, he runs tall. I had a kid at Illinois that ran like him from Racine, Wisconsin, that was was an upright runner. And it took him a while, and it took a couple shots in his chest and his shoulder pads to understand that I've got to get this my my body down. I can still run up high in the open field, but through the gaps, I've got to get myself squared up and a little bit lower. So I I, I don't know if he's going to be – how quick he's going to play. I know they're very excited about him at Texas, and he was the number one running back in the country. But as I said, for me watching him in the spring, I thought there was still a lot for him to learn. I think Brooks is going to be good. I think they've had some other young, talented guys, Blue, that we saw in the spring game that I didn't know where he went to for a year. But he's back, and I thought he ran pretty well in the spring. Yeah. But we'll see how this run game – this run game has to be good because you can't put all this pressure on Quinn Ewers. Yeah. I don't want you to put it on even though, as Jeff Howe, from Horns 247 has told me he looks like the confident guy, which we talked about yesterday, like put it on my shoulders. Now last year, no, I wasn't ready for that. And need, and needless to say, he shouldn't have been ready for that. You know, yeah. as, as a true freshman, as a kid who hadn't played, even, you know, he's missed his year in high last senior year in high school, but,
but as a young guy who looks like he wants to lead the football team, not only, you know, as a player, but off the field, around the locker room, that time. He looks like he wants to take it on. Jeff said you can see that in him. And, I mean, I, I as I said, I saw that in media day, and I can imagine him on the field right now understanding what, what Sark is looking for offensively and how to run things and how to run the show. It is his, it's, it's his show to run yeah. it. And now put it on his shoulders because he looks like the kid who wants it on his shoulders. You gave it to him too soon last year. You put too much on him. Yeah, look, I think this run game is going to be very good this year. But the good news with the Texas offense is that it can, I think, withstand a little bit of a drop-off in the running game because I expect the passing game to be, honestly, a lot better than what it was last year. Sure. Right? You talked about it. Quinn Ewers, year two as a starter. He knows the system. He knows the personnel. Hell, he knows the campus, right? He transferred yeah. late. It was a big deal just trying to get acclimated to everything that goes into being a starting quarterback at the University of Texas. And at times it might have been a little overwhelming, and that's understandable. But that excuse obviously isn't there this year. So you feel good about his experience and also just the talent around him. Like Texas has more receivers to throw to this year. You know, you've got A.D. Mitchell coming in from Georgia. He wasn't here last year. You've got Isaiah Nayor from Wyoming. He was hurt last year. He's coming back. And, of course, you have Xavier Worthy, who hopefully doesn't break his hand at some point this season, and he stays healthy and looks like the guy we saw two years ago. Jordan Whittington's back. You know, by the way, Jatavion Sanders is one of the best tight ends in the country. Jonte Cook, I know you uh, you were talking to me oh, about yeah. him before the show today, Buck. He's supposed to be good, too. So Quinn Ewers is going to have guys to throw to. So this passing game should be uh, significantly better than what it was in 2022. Yeah, Cook is going to be the, the, the young freshman that's going to make you get out of your seat when he touches the ball. He looks like the guy that you're going to stand up. You know, when people are telling you to sit down, you're going to stand up in your seats at any stadium because he's going to be the catch-and-run guy this year for him. I know Xavier Worthy can do it. Xavier Worthy is one of the best scoring zone wide receivers, I think, in the country, period. I think he can get in and out of breaks. If, if the timing is right, he knows how to get open, and he knows how to get open near the end zone. But Cook is one of those guys that you can throw it to him at the 15, and he can go the distance on the other side. I mean, I, I like the way he catches, and I like the way he catches and runs. And I think for Quinn Ewers, this is the kind of guy that he's looking to. He's, he's got consistent hands. Yeah. It, it's not going to be one of those, you know, over-the-shoulder great catches, and then the, the ball that hits him right square in the hands, he drops. I think he's got consistent ability. I think he's been consistent throughout high school, and I think he'll be consistent throughout college. And, and I yeah. think he's, he's the game-breaker that the Texas Longhorns have been looking for. Because I think we, we you look for that in X-Men – in his freshman year. And he did those things. Sure. And then he had a little setback, whether it was his hands or his confidence in the quarterback. But I expect this kid right here to have all the confidence in the world on the easy catch. Sometimes it's the easy catch that really, really bothers you. The yeah. guys, the guys will drop. It's not that the ones over the shoulders that they are in dead stride that they make. That's great. But it's the one coming across the middle at full speed and you've got to catch that ball and then make somebody miss and then continue to get up the field. I think for Cook, I think you're going to see an awful lot of that this year. I think he's going to be there. He may be their offensive player of the year. That's how much oh. I believe in, in a freshman coming out of high school. How about that? Man, I mean, I believe in his talent. I just think it's going to be tough for him to get a lot of playing time just because of how deep the wide receiver room is. But, you know, I, th I think Sark is going to treat this thing as a meritocracy, Buck. Like, if he, sure. if he is as good as you say and he looks better than some of the other older guys on the roster, then he's going to get that playing time, and he should. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're catching and you're taking the ball and taking it 25 yards down the field or if you're taking it to the house, you can't leave that guy on the bench. And I would be surprised if he's not their their kickoff returner. Uh, I'm not even going to say anything about punt returners because they're probably going to put Xavier Worthy still back there. I'm not keen on him 
returning punts, but I am keen on hit somebody catching the ball and not yeah. letting it hit the ground and do those type of things. That's that's the most important part of it of, of a of a punt returner is to catch the punt. Yeah, and a lot I'm of such, times I'm such a puss now with punt returns, dude. I'm just like, dude, fair catch it every time. Just catch the damn ball. Like I don't even I don't even care if you return it at all. Just like don't fumble, please. Well, plus you don't want him to be the guy that gets lit up. Yep. You know yeah, that, that's, that's important too. You don't want that guy getting lit up. He's one of your most valuable players. You you don't want that dude getting lit up. So you got to be careful with him because he wants to make big plays, and that's nice. But I also want to have him each and every week to play. Yep. How about our guy Ish? In the comments real quick. Yeah. He's watching. Go support him. 7-Eleven Monterey Oaks in South Austin. Saying uh, worthless advertising degree got him into 7-Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Love uh, it. As I said, good. I was there. I was there at 7-Eleven yesterday. Getting my, generally, I'm there at 4 o'clock in the mornings getting the paper. Yeah, that's right. The hard copy paper of the Austin American Statesman that's always two days behind. That's right. Mm-hmm. I, still, I still went and picked it up yesterday. And uh, while doing this show, there will be some times that I will be grabbing that paper at the 7-Eleven down on, what is it, Monterey Oaks down here. I'll take that drive all the way down and come back with my paper. Yeah, you are, you are keeping the statesman alive by yourself. Congratulations on that one. I'm destroying all the trees I can, possibly. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, I like your thoughts on Jonte Cook and your thoughts on C.J. Baxter, too. Uh, they both have a chance to get plenty of, of playing time, you would think. And I want to ask you about Jonathan Brooks while we're while we're kind of on the topic of this Texas offense. You mentioned him a little bit, but he showed us some things. I think during that bowl game against Washington, when B. John and Rojo didn't play, uh, he's he's expected to be the starter for this Texas team in that running back room. He's got experience. He's a guy that you know is going to get the first crack, and if he does well, he'll be the bell cow of this running back room. You would think. What have you seen from Jonathan Brooks over the course of his career that makes you think that? hey, he's actually going to step up and he's going to make some things happen and he, uh, there isn't going to be a big drop-off in this running game this year. Well, he's got that natural running back style to him. I mean, he's low. He's sort of like Priest Holmes a little bit, the way he runs. But the thing about him is he's got way more speed than I ever thought he would. I've seen some of these breakaways. I know it's late in games when he comes in in the fourth quarter against teams last year when he had an opportunity when they actually had a nice lead and nobody was actually going to catch up to this team, you know, when they didn't flounder in the yeah. fourth quarter. But when he got in those games, you can see his ability to run with the football. I mean, he, he runs he runs well enough with power. That's that's the least of the worries I, I, I had about him last year. I just didn't know if he had that kind of speed that he could go the distance. And I think you saw a couple of those types of run down the sideline where if he got ahead of you or he got even with you, he was gone. There was, you know, if I'm even, I'm leaving. That's the way he played. And that really surprised me about him. And so those are the things I was worried about him more than anything. Does he have that natural speed? Or how does he run with his with the pads on? And I saw that last year because everything else about him, his ability to hit the hole, his ability to find creases, I thought were there. I just didn't know if we were going to have a running back in Texas that was going to be one of those guys, okay, yeah, yeah, coach, he averages six yards a carry, but can he go 25 and 30 yards for a touchdown? I, that's the thing I worried about him because Texas has had some big-time long-run hitters. And now, as I look at him, he's got all those tools. Sure. He's got he's got he's got a lot of speed. He's got more speed than I thought he did. And I think for a lot of people, I think we saw that last year, whether it was in the bowl game or some of the mop up duty that he had. So I'm, I'm looking for a big season from him. And I think they he, they go right along with this kid being in that 800 to 1000 yard rushing guy, along with some of the others. But I think they'll they'll run by committee. They'll have a yeah. few guys they want to see. They want to see C.J. Baxter. They really want to give him an opportunity to, to be the guy. You know, when you get the number one running back in the country in your fold, 
you want to give him every opportunity you can, but your ass got to win games. Yeah. You're, you're there to win games. And if you got a consistent guy, you can't be worrying about coddling to a freshman that may be a stud later on. I don't have times for studs later on. I need studs today. I yep. need them in the games immediately. As I said, Steve Sarkeesian has to win football games now. He can't go. You can't limp into the Big 12 as just anybody. I know, yeah. you're, I know you're Texas. I know you've had great recruiting seasons. I know you have the ability to be really good. But I don't think you can limp in this year and call this a, a practice year with the Big 12. I don't think you can. I think you have to win. You've got you to be in it to win it this season. That's well said. Yeah, you can't be a people pleaser. you got to be no. a football coach. you got to find a way to win some games and have this team competing for the conference championship in early December. All right, but coming up on the top of the hour, before we get into decision day, because there is a big-time recruit in the class of 2024 oh, yeah. who is making his announcement in a couple of hours. We'll talk about him and what he would mean to the University of Texas. But uh, why don't you tell the great people watching and listening right now about the greatness of Relax the Back. Oh, I love Jason over at Relax the Back for sure. You know, I've had this jacked up back for over 20 years now. And getting the right support always been difficult for me. So honestly, I've been looking everywhere, but nothing gives me the comfort, of course, than I've got with Relax the Back. Finally, a way to help me live pain-free. And I do, folks. And it doesn't matter whether I'm sleeping in an airport, in a plane, on the golf course. If I'm laying down, I'm telling you, when I get back and I want to sit down and really, really relax, Relax the Back is the place to go. And they are the chairs. I'm sitting in my Relax the Back right now. So be like the bug, live pain-free with Relax the Back. And they've got stores in B-Caves at the Hill Country Galleria, across from Whole Foods, and, of course, in Austin at the Gateway Shopping Center, across from the Container Store. Live like the bug, pain-free at Relax the Back. There you go. Check them out online at RelaxTheBack.com. And I don't think that was a Relax the Back at that casino. <laughs> well, she was relaxing all right. Yeah, she, she looked very relaxed. relaxed. She was relaxing more than her back, that's for sure. Say, yeah, she was just taking a leak right there, sitting wow. down. That's, that's as relaxing as it gets. Right Did there. you have to work to find that, or was that just out there? That should have been just out there somewhere, right? Yeah, now that one found me. I, I didn't have to look <laughs> too hard. Maybe I got to – nah, you know what? I'm happy my settings on uh, Twitter and Instagram are what they are because I want to see more videos like that. That's what we want. That's good content. All right, Buck, in a couple of hours – Five-star edge rusher Colin Simmons out of Duncanville is going to make his announcement on where he is going to be playing college football in 2024 and beyond. This kid is one of the best players in the class of 2024. He's ranked number eight overall in the country, according to the 247 Sports Composite Rankings. He's listed as the number one player in the state of Texas. He is listed as the number one edge rusher in this class as well. Uh, this is what Texas is lacking. Now, I wish Colin Simmons could come to Texas right here and right now because I think he'd have an opportunity to at least crack the edge rotation, if not start opposite Baron Sorrell, if he was able to be on campus this year. But, uh, man, an edge rusher, you can't have enough of these guys, right? It's so important to protect the quarterback, but it's also important to have game wreckers who can get after the opposing quarterback. And by all accounts, that's exactly what Colin Simmons would be. It'd be a huge get for Sark and company if they're able to get this commitment here later today. Yeah, if you watch his hips and watch his flexibility in his hip area, he really can maneuver himself in that short area. Uh, and you can't, you know, you got to be an incredible offensive lineman to get this guy off the quarterback. He really can, he can come off the edge. He can go, he can go fake outside, come back inside, take his offhand and move you around. And he's got that strength. You know, he's got that, I don't know, it looks like that natural strength and that natural ability to just move people around, get them in position and get them off balance especially offensive linemen. That, I mean, you got to be a dynamic offensive lineman to, to handle this guy one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, you're going to need help. 
the rest of the high school groups are going to need help. He's what you call a game wrecker. He changes what you do offensively. We always talk about and don't let one guy destroy your offense. This guy, high school-wise, can destroy your offense. And when he gets into college, hopefully he'll maintain that. He'll get stronger. He'll get even more flexible in the hip area. He'll be able to use his hands well. I think this is this is a key get if Texas can get him. But then again, everybody else wants him too. Yep, Texas is one of the three finalists for Colin Simmons. LSU and Miami are the other two. Sort of feels like this has become a two-horse race between Texas and LSU. The good news, I don't know if you subscribe to the crystal ball projections, but uh, a lot of the recent crystal ball projections over the last 24 hours have indicated that Colin Simmons is leading Texas. Our guy Mike Roach has indicated that he thinks Texas is going to be the pick. I saw about 20 minutes ago a beat writer for LSU says he thinks Texas is going to be the pick. So maybe those carry some weight. Maybe the news is going to be really, really good for the Longhorns. But you're right. This guy's a game wrecker, man. And I saw this stat. At Colin Simmons, his max get-off speed is 11.4 miles per hour. That's in the top 1% of all of the edge rushers that have been studied since 2009. So this guy is no ordinary guy. I mean, this dude is a legit talent who obviously has done tremendous things in his high school career to this point at one of the best high school programs in the state, if not the country, up there at Duncanville. And, yeah, he's just an athletic freak of nature, too. I mean, you already feel like this guy could come in and make an impact as a true freshman, but just thinking about the potential ceiling for Colin Simmons, that's what excites you the most about, okay, what this dude could really bring to the 40 acres. And that's why I keep continuing to talk about how the secondary is going to be, I believe, is going to be so good. It's because what they can do with guys like Colin Simmons, what they can do with him. I mean, as this as years go on, I think the secondary will get better and better and better, and because of players just like this. And when you look at Simmons and, and his ability, as I said, the flexibility in his hips, just incredible the way he gets off. His get-off, like you said, BK is incredible. But I don't know if he's got that upper strength like the kid from LSU Perkins does. I don't know if he's mm-hmm. quite at that because that guy is a monster at LSU which doesn't surprise me that LSU is in the thick of things with Texas to get this guy because Perkins won't be there for very long. He'll be there for this year and next year, and then he'll be out the door. And this is is a a kid that's very similar, but it'll be interesting. I I think what you have to look at is this guy can use just a little bit more in the weight room, but when it comes to flexibility in that lower body, he has all those things Perkins has down there, but I just don't know if he has that strength because that kid at LSU is just a beast. Yep, he is yeah, one of the best players in all of college football, and he burst on the scene in a big way as a freshman last year. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. I mean, Colin Simmons is one of those dominoes, man, that if you get him, then all of a sudden sure. you might get a few other people too. And that's, that's what you're looking for. You know, we saw the Arch Manning effect. I don't think it's going to be that type of level, but when you get one of the best players in any class, then all right, all of a sudden a bunch of other guys in that class want to play with that dude. We saw that last year. It's why Texas ended up with one of the best classes in the country. Colin Simmons, with the connections he has, oh, by the way, the fact that he's in DFW, which is an area that you want to win every year, in an area that, honestly, recently Texas hasn't done the best of jobs in. Uh, There's just so many reasons why this would be a massive, massive day if Colin Simmons ends up picking Texas. So it's not just the on-field ability. It's what he could do with the rest of the recruiting class as well and uh, just what this thing can become. That's what excites me, I think, maybe more than anything. Yeah, and Texas has been the leader in the clubhouse when it comes to June recruiting, summertime recruiting. They know how to get this done. And, they, and they've and they done a good job in the summer, and they've spent some time with this kid during the summer when there are no games, BK, where, where you as a coach can spend your full time with the parents and the kid. 
you know, you can, this is, you don't have to worry as a coach about, oh, I got a game here. You know, I, I want you here for a game, but I've got to worry about my players that I have right now. I got to do a good job as a coach during the game. You get them here in the summertime, you get them in Austin in the summertime, show them around campus. Now they have your full attention. Mom and dad have your full attention as a coach. A player has your full attention as a recruiter to him and how much you care about him. You're not worried about, oh, no, what happens if such and such gets hurt on, on, on today in this game? So I, I like the fact that they did a great job with him in the summertime, and now they got an opportunity to capitalize on that. Yep. Sark's doing a fantastic job in the recruiting world. He's kind of changing recruiting because it never used to be that summer. That summertime used to be, oh, come on, check out our campus. You know, it's, it's okay. And it used to be game day. It used to be game day when kids would come and, and, the, and, the, and the pageantry of college football – and, but you really never got a chance to really spend that kind of time during the weekend because you know you got to get ready for another game the next week. How much time can you put into a recruit when he's on campus? But Sark has mastered the June recruiting. He really has. His whole staff has done a fabulous job, and he's to be commended on on the job that they've done because that's that's very new. Well, it, it may not be very new, but nobody's done it like the, this guy has done it. Yep. It really hasn't. It's a new era of college football, man. That's yeah. kind of what you have to do to sort of keep up with the Joneses nowadays. Is you just got to coddle these kids as much as you possibly can and just make yeah. sure you're top of mind all of the time. And you got to give them a bunch of stuff, too, because hey. like, every other school is doing it. So if you're not doing it, they're not going to your school. PK, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yep. And in June, you can care about them an awful lot because there's nothing going on for you. As a coach, you're thinking about that recruit or those recruits, or you're thinking about your little bit of vacation time that you're going to get before the madness really, really starts. So you can pay full attention to them. You can pay full attention to those parents, and you can get it done. You, that impression, that real first impression of your campus, even when there's no students on it, is important because now the parents know how much you care about their son. They do. That's important to those parents. And they get to see it up close and personal without being a rushed weekend. And I'm not saying weekends are bad because there's some kids that really, really enjoy being recruited on the weekend. You know, uh, I, I when Texas starts playing the Aggies, you're going to want those kids on the sideline. They're going to want to enjoy your campus and see what that's like to play, you know, your, your biggest rival, you know, to play them on the weekend. What's your campus going to be like when you win? What, what, what is it? What's that feel going to be? Yep. So it's more about the campus and the, and the pageantry of college football. It's not about the position and all that on those type of weekends, but summertime you got them. And that's where you got to do your best selling job. You got to be able to talk that hungry dog off a meat wagon in the summertime. <laughs> And that's what this group has done. All yep. of them. You're all right. of them have been fantastic at it. Yeah. Let me ask you this, Buck. If uh, if you were a coach right now at the University of Texas and you were recruiting somebody, you were trying to close the deal. Let's say it's for Colin Simmons and you're trying to make sure that he commits to your school over anybody else. And he asks you one question. He says, Coach, if we're beating Rice by 50 points this year, can I go up and sit with my family in the fourth quarter of the game? What would you say? Get your ass on that bench. What are you, nuts? <laughs> what are you You're going to lose him. No, he you just can't. committed to LSU. You lost Colin No, Sims. I did not lose him. His dad is going to get him in there and say, you wanted to do what? You wanted to come sit with us during a game? The game's not over, <laughs> even though the game is over, but the game's not over. That dad would rush him down back onto that bench so quick and thank me later for doing that, doing that for his son. Ugh. Ricky Williams. Can I go sit with my mom? No, you can't go sit with your mom. What do you think this is? You, do, you want, do you want some orange slices too? <laughs> I mean, really? 
Thank God you're on this channel now instead of on the Texas coaching staff because we, we would have just lost Colin Simmons. We would have had no chance with something like that. There's, not, on, a, there's not a coach on that staff that would have told that kid he can go up there and sit with his mom. Oh, man. They, they, they wouldn't even lie and play around just to get him to tell him that. They would be sacrificing their integrity as a coach and saying, yeah, go sit up there. What if 15 other guys wanted to go sit up there? Are they allowed yep. to go up there too? Yeah, just no. get the whole whole sideline on there. The whole sidelines. The whole first team gets to sit up <laughs> while the second team plays. That was the most – I mean, that that was maybe the craziest thing a player had really ever asked me with the exception of playing the University of Houston in the um, Astrodome. And one of Sean Mitchell's buddies got on the field and came up to me as I'm coaching it. And Sean's coming out the game and wanted to know, is this it for Sean? Are you, are you going to put him back in the game? And I'm like – wait a minute, first of all, who are you? He says, I'm a friend of Sean's. And I, I'm like screaming to get this guy. He's tapping me on the shoulder wanting to know, is it for Sean? Is Sean going to get some more playing time today? During a game? He just During walked the on game. the field, walked he up got, to you and asked if his boy. <laughs> is his boy going to be able to play? That that was the, the craziest of all. A guy, oh, just man. some rando tapping me on the shoulder, asking me if his boy was going to get more playing time today. What, did they not have security back in the 1940s or what, what was no, the dude, It was in the early 90s that, that uh, happened. So it was all right. You, uh, what, you call security and they, they tackled that dude no, right quick? They had been, that guy just kind of walked back. He just walked back, probably grabbed two helmets and jumped in the stands. <laughs> That's awesome. I had not heard that story before. Oh, that was one of his boys, one of his boys from the east side. They just, just walked up and tapped me on the shoulders during a game. Wow. I just I looked down. I'm like, I'm thinking this is another coach, but it's a, just a rando dude out of the stands. I wanted to know if his boy was going to get some more playing time. It wasn't like his cousin or one of his brothers or something. It was just a dude, a friend. That's awesome. When's the last Great. time you talked to Sean? It's been a while. Um, yeah. I think probably last year. I was so happy to, when when Sean got his degree from the University of Texas because there was one one coach that I knew that told me that he would never graduate. And when I went to visit Sean Mitchell, I and as I do, when I go to every player, that's the first thing I said, I, do, I will do everything in my powers to get your son a degree from whatever university. And it doesn't mean, I mean, it means I will travel the ends of the earth, whether he's out for five years or 10 years, I'll try to find out if they get a degree or not. And in, in all of the coaching that I had over 20 years, there was only one kid that didn't have a degree. And that was a kid that went to Boston College. And I, and three years out of school, he finally got his degree. I chased him down to get, make sure he was getting, he wasn't going to get that degree. I chased him down. I said, wow. because I promised your mom and your dad in that house that I would do everything in my powers. And that was still in my powers to make a phone call to him and say, get your degree, go back to school, get that degree. Now he's probably making a gazillion dollars and yeah. I'm talking with you guys on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. You're stuck with my ass. Yeah. Sorry about really. that, Buck. Uh, Sean's good people, man. He's like one of the last dudes I saw before I moved out of Austin, actually. And, oh, uh, what a memory to leave Austin, really. Yeah, yeah. Wait, well, it was a good memory for me getting to see Sean. He probably doesn't remember it. And he probably doesn't care at all. But uh, he's a good dude, man. I'm glad, glad to hear that he's doing well. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it is, it is, it is good to see family. And Sean is, is family. These are guys that would spend time with my family, come to my house, come there on Thanksgiving Day. Um, play hoops in the backyard with my kids, Ricky, Sean, Priest Holmes. I mean, they, they become family to you. They're, they're, they're just not football players. They're not just, just a, a part of the machine. They're a part of your family. And then I think as you could tell with Ricky yesterday, there's a lot that, that I'm thankful for with him because 
I mean, I mean, he was my son. It was in his care and has been in his care for a long time. My son was 11 years old when he met Ricky Williams, mm-hmm. and Ricky was not always the most stable dude around. So, I, I would always have to tell him, Ricky, you're not just playing for me. You're not just playing for university. But my son is with you an awful lot, and the, the stuff you do and the way you handle yourself around my kid is very important to me. Yeah. Because he once sent me sent my son back from California with his face all busted up because he was on a, in a dune buggy, dune buggy, and my son slams his face into the rail of it, oh. and and Ricky didn't tell me for a day. He never called me back to say uh, AJ is pretty banged up. Well, both of his eyes were shut. His nose was broken. And I said, you weren't going to call this family to tell us that that guy could possibly have, and I know he's got a concussion at the least. I, have you taken him to the hospital yet? Oh, no, I think he's going to be all right. Okay, Dr. Williams. Like, <laughs> really? And showed me a picture of what he looked like with both eyes just about closed and black and his whole face all screwed up. That was probably one of the most disappointing times that I thought he just kind of didn't handle things the way he should have. That was probably my most disappointing time with Ricky, there've been some people would say this and that about Ricky, but for me personally, he understands that time that my son was in his care in the state of California and they were off-roading doing some stuff and he could have died, Yeah, you know, because he wasn't a doctor. He's not like Dr. Trey, you know, Dr. Trey has his MD. He has his, he has his degree. Ricky doesn't have his degree. Where, where does Trey have his degree from? I think it's university of Texas. I think he has a doctorate as a doctor. Is that not right? University of life. <laughs> University. <laughs> University of life. Wow. Come on, man. A quick oh, doctor this morning from Doc Trey. Just oh, popping yeah. in and popping out just like that. Let me uh, ask you something, BK. I want to ask you about, once again, about yeah. C.J. Strout and, and what we're about to see from him coming up. I know everybody down in the Houston area has got to be excited, but the two young guys that are about to take the reins of two NFL teams, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud has all the tools, but I don't know if he has the team. And, and you know, young coach, young team, trying to build things back. I, I hope they don't expect these incredible leaps and bounds by this entire team, not just the quarterback, but everybody around it. You yeah. know, to all of a sudden this is a playoff type of team. Yeah, I don't think anybody down here expects that. You know, the AFC South is so bad that, hey, maybe there's a chance the Texans towards the end of the season can at least be in the conversation towards the top of the AFC South. But that that could mean like eight wins this year. Like that's how bad the division is. So you're right, man. Like C.J. Stroud has all the physical tools. We saw it at Ohio State the last couple of years. That guy was a freaking beast. We touched on it earlier, but that semifinal performance against Georgia was ridiculously good. Like every question people had about C.J. Stroud, he basically answered in that performance, albeit in a losing effort, but he did more than enough for his team to win that game. And I think everybody agrees that, hey, if Ohio State beats Georgia, Ohio State beats TCU, and they're winning the national championship this past season. So, uh, yeah, man, you're right about the talent around him, though. Like, D'Amico Ryans, I think, is a stud. Every NFL team that had a head coaching vacancy this offseason wanted to interview D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico Ryans right. turned a few of them down to take the job here in Houston. I think he's a great coach, but he's a defensive coach, right? Yeah. That's kind of against the trend of the NFL where you're seeing teams hire these young, bright, offensive minds to try to work with their quarterbacks. That's not really what the Texans did. So defensive coach, and then, yeah, this this is still – this roster down here in Houston is in a better place than it was last year, Buck, but it's still one of the least talented rosters in football 
and the Texans might have the worst wide receiver room in football. So it is going to be tough. I mean, if CJ Stroud can play well with these guys, then the Texans might have something really, yeah. really special. That's, that's they, interesting. That's even have a lot to work with, like you said. And Bryce Young is in a little better situation, but not much more. I, I, I believe. I think Bryce Young is such a a a natural. He he just comes off as a natural. The Doug Flutie type of kid that just can get things done. He's going to find a way to get it done. Um, Johnny Manziel, when he was in college, type of guy too. I mean, just they know how to get it done on the football field. You know, he he's just he has it. He's got that it factor. I'm just trying to figure out if see if if Stroud has the it factor. I I think he had the it factor in that particular game. I think his senior year got him to be that you know that number two pick. But does he have the it factor as an NFL quarterback? And 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 people will say, well, fuck, that's yet to be seen. They haven't played an NFL game. But I think when you have it, I mean, you you just you can tell that if you, the talent around you starts getting just a little bit better, your it factor will rise. The the, the ship's going to rise because of you. And I think the same thing for Bryce Young. Eventually, the people around Bryce Young, because of his it factor, are going to rise to the top because I think that's how good he is. And I'm just that's why I asked you about CJ. Do you think maybe can they rise with this guy? Can he can he bring? Bring him up. He had talent around him at Ohio State, too. The best oh, yeah. wide receiving crew and still probably even today in college football they still have. You know, yep. but can he bring the rest of them up, the guard? Can he bring the tackle up? Can he bring the defensive lineman up because of, of his ability to be a leader? And it sounds like you believe that he's got the ability to do that kind of thing. Well, I'm just trying to figure out if Bryce Young can see over the line of scrimmage. That guy looks like uh, a little kid out there. Oh, yeah at uh, Panthers training camp. but I've been around little kids playing football that looked that same way. They were phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Now, Bryce Young's a stud. I think he's going to be really, really good for Carolina. But you're right. Like, the receiver room at Ohio State the last two years is significantly better than what the Texans had. I mean, think okay. about two, two years ago, right? C.J. Stroud's first year as a starter. They had Garrett Wilson, your guy from Lake Travis. They yes. had Chris Olave. Both of those guys had fantastic rookie seasons. They had Marvin Harrison Jr. They had Emeka Abuka. Like, those guys are all studs. Last year, they still had Marvin Harrison Jr., who would have been a top-five pick in the draft if he could have come out this year. That's right. They had Abuka as well. Like, the the Texans don't have that. The Texans just don't have that. Oh, I didn't even mention Jackson Smith and Jigba from the team two years ago, who was a first-round pick this year. Like, it's a major drop-off in talent. So, yeah, that's why, you know, you, you look at all these Ohio State quarterbacks, Buck, and there hasn't really been one that has come into the NFL and had success, right? Especially right. in recent years. The jury's still out on Justin Fields. Maybe he can be the first one, but it's it's I think a big part of that, some of it's chance, I get it, but I think a big part of it is just those guys go from having the most talent around them to being in the NFL, where it's pretty much equally distributed. And oh, by the way, if you're so good in college, you're going to be a high draft pick and you're going to go to a crappy team that doesn't have a lot of talent. That's right. And you go from the best, right. of the best to the worst of the worst. And then boom, if you're not ready, then it's tough and it's going to hit you quick. Yeah. And that's what I said. You have to be that building block. You have to have, you have to be the it factor that makes that ship rise around you because you're not going to go into a situation where you've got the greatest of wide receivers. And, and I'm, I'm just thinking with both of these two guys, as I saw it with, um, I saw with Bryce Young, and it, I mean, he had talent around him too. I mean, hell, he played at Alabama. He's a Heisman Trophy winner. He's got, he had all of that. But for CJ, I was, I was just thinking, is it, is it going to be CJ himself that can bring, bring that ship up out of the water? But once again, as you said, he had the best wide receivers in the country. 
yeah, to yeah. throw the ball to. He wasn't just throwing to anybody. Exactly. And it's it's tough, man, because, look, everyone thinks of what Justin Herbert did a couple of years ago. And obviously there are a few just incredible rookie quarterback seasons in the history of the NFL, and everybody wants their guy to do that. And we're such an instant gratification society. Right. It's like, oh, we need to see it right away. There's going to be some bumps and bruises for all these guys, right? Also, Anthony Richardson with the Colts. Like, there are going to be bumps and bruises for all of these dudes because it's just tough transitioning from being a college quarterback to being an NFL quarterback. So I don't know if it's going to happen this year, what you're talking about. Obviously, the hope is that at some point within the first three or four years, you see that stuff from C.J. Stroud because that's what makes you a franchise quarterback, right? You know this. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody who play like Matt Flynn threw for six touchdowns in an NFL game. Like Matt Castle once won 11 games in a season. Like, to be a quarterback in the NFL, to be on a roster, you've got to have arm talent. Like anybody is capable of going out there on one given day and having a really, really good day. Well, can you put it together? Can you do it consistently over the course of not just one season, but year after year after year? That's obviously how you define a franchise quarterback, and that's what separates those guys from just the random dudes who everyone's trying to get rid of. Yeah, and I think the Jacksonville Jaguars have just that. that oh, you like you like Trevor Lawrence? You think I, he's that I, dude? I think, I think he's that dude. I think he is. He is everything that we saw when he was at Clemson and even more. I mean, he was a winner there. He was a winner in high school. Uh, he, he comes to Jacksonville. He's coached by the goofball, you know, oh. Urban Meyer. He's, he wasted a whole entire year. But now I think it shows how that cream rises to the top with, with this young guy. I think Jacksonville, Jacksonville won't be a surprise to anybody any longer. Yeah. I think yeah. they have, I think they, they're, they got the right quarterback in the right situation. I think, He's he's multi-talented in what he can do. He's got an incredible arm. He has the ability to escape. He can run. And I think people around him really like him. I think he, you know, just I, I can believe the players around him feel that confidence about him when they're around him. And I and he's and he's got some really good talented wide receivers. But he's he's that young it factor that I see in the NFL right now. And people are wondering, well, does he really have it? Was it just last year he had it? No, I think he continues to get better and better. Yep. I think two years ago, that rookie season was the anomaly, right? Because this dude was the number one high school recruit. Oh, yeah. He obviously was a beast at Clemson, won a national championship there, and was the first overall pick in the draft. Like, everyone just kind of expected him to be that guy that you're talking about. And then he got paired up with one of the worst coaches in NFL history, Ed Urban right. Meyer. I mean, that thing was a total disaster. He didn't even make it a full year in Jacksonville. The best thing Urban Meyer did was – teach that uh, young co-ed how to receive a snap under center. There you go. That's what he was doing, right? That's why he was feeling right there. He was trying to show her. Get up, get up in there. Yeah, there where to go. put the hands when uh, you're under center taking a snap. That, that's what, a good waste of, what a waste of a year for that young guy. Yeah, it really but it was, it was outhouse to the penthouse in terms of coaching, right? Because Doug Peterson sure. won a Super Bowl with the Eagles. Great coach, great offensive mind. So, yeah, to go from Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson – that uh, that helped Trevor Lawrence a lot, and that's that's why a lot of people believe that no, he's he's got a chance to do exactly what you said and be one of the uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the league for uh, for years to come. You know, you and I have to talk some um, about this. Know, I, there it is, hardball. My cards. Good stuff. I'm glad to see Mike is doing okay. Talked to him last night. He's doing fine. Yes. He is doing absolutely fine. One of the great people around this earth, Mike Harge. Love love that dude. You know, we haven't talked about in two days now coming up. It's time to talk about somebody's Dallas Cowboys. They're, are they your Dallas Cowboys? Come uh, on. 
Nah, they're Jerry Jones's Dallas Cowboys. Come on, man. I don't want to get sued by him for saying they're mine. No, I'm I'm into the Cowboys. I hope they get this whole Zach Martin deal straightened out. They need to get that. They need to get that thing finished up and figure out what they're going to do with a very, very good football player. One that they need, one that they not they don't need to have arguments with. Guy's still good for the next four, five, six years. Get it done. This is that small window of opportunity now for Dak Prescott, this football team. And and because eventually they're going to have to pay, you know, they're going to have to pay that monster on defense. They're going to, they're going to have to load it up, pull the card up and just unload all the money that they have to him. They're just going to have to do that. They can't let him walk. He's not going to be able to walk. So this year needs to be the year that this group is on key on point of what, what, what they can do. This cannot be a Philadelphia Eagle year. This has got to be a Dallas Cowboys year. Well, yeah, I'm with you. And you said it a couple of minutes ago, you're into the Cowboys. We know that. That's why they call you Brokeback Bucky. All right, we know <laughs> that you are very much a fan of the Cowboys. So thank you for uh, confirming that here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. It's good to know that uh, your love for Cowboys hasn't gone away. Well, you saw me with my Cowboy hat on the other day yep. when, I was in, when I was at my 50th high school reunion i look like the guy what was who's the dude that used to run around i think he passed away for the cowboys the black dude that ran around in a cowboy outfit outfit screaming cowboys that was that that was part of my gear mm. i'm ready to take on his responsibilities now you're trying to dress up like someone in dr quinn medicine woman or something <laughs> like that oh boy yeah i'm 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 down with the cowboys i got yeah. i got to leave this defense under speaking of quinn uh, going to get it done again. Yeah, I think- nah. the Cowboys should be good this year, man. Like Dak's got to have a bounce back year. And he's openly talked about it at training camp that he needs to cut down on the interceptions. He's basically guaranteed that he's not going to have more than 10 this season, but he was the league leader in INT his last year. Uh, he's got to be better. And he might be playing for a contract, right? He's got two years left on his current deal. Sure. If he balls out this year, the Cowboys, I think, will pay him next offseason. If not, then he's going to go into a contract year next year having to try to prove himself. So Absolutely. But his, but his receivers are going to have to help him too, BK. The, one of the things with his wide receivers, they were they gave him assist in interceptions last year. Balls going off their hands, balls that you thought should be caught, but they're cradled, double, double caught, bouncing in the air, interception. Yep. Those guys had like six of those last year out of the 10 balls. You know, they were they were a part of the of of screwing up Dak Prescott last year too. Hey, if you're gonna not gonna catch it and you're a wide receiver, bat it down. Hell, yeah. you can't catch it, bat it down, but don't <laughs> pop it up in the air. Yeah, don't, don't hit it to the other team, yeah, please. This, on the volleyball team? Come on now. Crazy I mean, Ray, by the way, is the guy you were crazy talking about. Ray. Crazy Buck is going to be all dressed up and ready to go to Cowboys <laughs> games this year. Oh man, I'm excited for. I really am. I'm excited for Tony Pollard. I yeah. think he's. A, I think he's a home run hitter. I think the things that they'll do with him. You know, I've waited two years to watch Tony Pollard be that guy. I mean, he's been a specialist, the screen guy, the coming on third down. I watched Tony Pollard pick up blitzes. Now, I, I, he's not as good as Emmett, but he will do. I don't expect him to Emmett. I, I mean, not. I mean, not Emmett Smith. I'm Zeke. He's not, not Zeke when it comes to picking up blitzes, right. but he's not bad. He can get in the way. Yeah. He can get in the way. And, and yeah. Emmett Smith and Zeke were fantastic pass protectors. They really, really were. But Tony Pollard is okay. And I think he can carry, I think he can carry that workload. I don't think he'll have any problem. He's not 180 pounds. I mean, he's a 200 pound running back. So yeah. I think he's ready to go. And I think he's ready to go 
on a lot of carries during the course of games that they need him to carry the football and not just those special, you know, quick, quick screens and all that stuff. I think he's a home run hitter from the backfield himself. Yep. I don't think there are any questions about Tony Pollard's game, right? I think he's a complete running right. back who I think he's been the best running back for the Cowboys over the last couple of years. They just haven't used him like that. He's been sitting behind Zeke Elliott, but they've been afraid of him to be that complete back. I think they've been afraid. I don't know if he can take the work. I mean, I, you, this is, you got it. You yep. got to try, you got to try that out with him. I think he can do it. Yeah. I, I think a lot of pounds. Right. A lot of it, I think, was trying to justify the Zeke contract that they gave out where he was just making way too much money. And they felt like, all right, well, if we're going to pay this guy this much, then right. we've got to use him a lot. He's got to be our starter, which that's not the way you should run your football team. You know, just play your best guys. It's as simple as that. But yeah, the, the, the question with me about Tony Pollard is, is he 100 percent? Obviously suffered that injury in the playoff game last year. So is he 100%? If he is, then okay. Yeah, the Cowboys are going to be great. Tony Pollard's a top 10 running back in all of football. But if not, the Cowboys don't have a ton of depth there. They've got Malik Davis, who was the third guy last year, showed some things. They got Ronald Jones, or as Charlie Strong would call him, Roland Jones. I don't know if you remember that story. Yes. where uh, He misspelled his name on the uh, recruiting letter he sent him a few years ago. Good but job, Jones suspended for a couple of games. He's also not very good. And uh, they, they drafted Deuce Vaughn uh, out of Cedar Ridge, of course, out of K-State. Like, But he's a sixth-round pick. He's never played in the NFL, so we don't know exactly what to expect from him. So He's Tony Pollard, what Tony Pollard was. He's that gimmicky kind of quick-screen guy. Yeah. Just sneak the game, you know, sneak him off the sideline. And, hey, he's lined up out here. He'll grab the ball and go. I don't think uh, – as much as we've we've seen that little guy, I don't think on a consistent NFL basis – He's going to be your running back. He's going to be your give me four carries, five carries a game, but I'll put you out there as a wide receiver and get the ball to you. Yep. But he's not an every down back. He's no. tough as nails, but he's not that guy. Now, if he can not be a guy way. you give five to ten touches a game to and he can just make some things happen when you give him those touches, then I think you absolutely take that from a six-round pick. But he'll well, never happened, be a bell cow. What happened to the Dalvin Cook? Is Are, are, the, are the Jets still up in the air with Dalvin Cook? Are yep. the Cowboys – or is Dalvin Cook just going to want too much money? Is that what it is? I think that's the issue right now. He hasn't signed anywhere. The Jets are still in the mix. Um, you know, the Jets – Aaron Rodgers took that massive pay cut, so maybe they have the money to give Dalvin Cook what he's looking for. But I And think we right thought that's what he was going to do immediately after that was go get Dalvin yeah. Cook. Yeah, I did too. But it uh, it hasn't happened yet. So, all right, real quick, we're, we're going to get to some comments, Buck, because the people have some questions for you. It is a buck right. off Thursday after all, so we, we might right. have some – some buck ons and buck offs we have to give absolutely out. a buck on for sure to our friends at woods comfort systems if something is wrong with your ac look, you, you shouldn't have to deal with it right it's 100 plus degrees right now in austin take care of your air conditioner and our friends at woods comfort systems can help you out with that they're celebrating 60 years of providing top quality hvac services they also do plumbing as well they are dedicated to keeping you comfortable in every season. AC maintenance, repair, and installation, they've got you covered. They do ductwork, attic insulation, furnace maintenance, and once it gets cool, if you want, want to make sure that heater's working, these guys can take care of you as well. Our buddy Love David Bartain, great people, 512-842-5066, or check them out online at woodscomfortsystems.com. Woods Comfort Systems, where comfort is our middle name how about that slogan buck i love that for sure that's what the girl at the slot machine was thinking <laughs> all right how about this uh this comment someone's got a question for you maybe this is a tip for the kids in the car line can you read this one on your screen right now 
says, my wife's boyfriend just moved into the guest room and he keeps eating all of my cold cuts. How would you handle this situation, Buck? Keeps eating all of your cold cuts. I think you should probably get your own little college refrigerator and bring it in into your room and keep your cold cuts in your room with you. Lock the door. Don't let this dude in there. My boyfriend. <laughs> you cool with the wife having a boyfriend? No, it's all right. What's wrong with that? She's Nothing taking, wrong with that. Even a guy off the streets. Come on. Yo, you want to, you want her sleeping with the hobo in the guest bedroom? What? The, come on. Get your own refrigerator and keep your own cold cuts. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't, 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 don't let him into the main refrigerator. Oh man. He's sleeping in the guest room. I love that. About about this one. This is an NFL question. Who would you rather start your franchise with? Justin Herbert, the Chargers quarterback, or Trevor Lawrence? That's a hard question because everybody loves Justin Herbert. That's they just want to be in love with him. They want to, I mean, he hasn't done anything except for throw for five zillion yards over the first couple of years. But expectations are way too high for Justin Herbert with a group of wide receivers that at any time will go down with a hammy or a knee, or they'll pull something in their toe. You know, they'll get turf toe. He can't have a group of receivers that can stay healthy for five or six games during the course of a season. I don't put that on him. I put that on, on his wideouts. They're hurt too much. Trevor Lawrence, I, I like Trevor Lawrence, but I like Justin Herbert too. I, I don't want to knock Justin Herbert. I think a lot of people, they want all these great things because they hear, you know, the big contract, this is what's going to happen. This is what needs to happen with him. We got to surround that guy with guys that are going to stay healthy. Yep. I mean, it's not Justin Herbert's fault that these guys keep getting hurt. Mike, I think it was Mike Williams and all these big, tall, wide receivers with their hamstring and problems. Is the yeah. other one? Yep. Yeah, it's just I, I can't blame that always on the quarterback. He's done his job. He's thrown for a lot of yards. BK. Yeah, he's been great in his first few years in the league. Doctor William Cannon, you still going by that? I should have gone by that when I was at home for my fiftieth. But they they knew exactly what I couldn't get away with Dr. William Cannon in my 50th uh, high school reunion. And thanks <laughs> to all those folks back there in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. That's right, home of Bethlehem Steel, the former Bethlehem Steel, because this is not going any longer right now. I don't know if there's any steel companies going on in this country right now, but yeah. worked in that steel mill for nine months till I said, uh-uh, this is not me. Can't do it. I was the, known as Beam Yard Buck back in the day. Yard buck. Yeah, I used to beam up the steel. The big overhead cranes would come with the steel. Uh. I go at the end of there with the chain and put the chain on and lift it up and move it over, pile it, and then the big crane would take it away. By the way, in Bethlehem Steel, you don't pinch a finger, you lose an arm. <laughs> uh, is that the, is that what they say? That's the slogan up there. The slogan. That's right. You don't pinch oh, a finger, okay. you lose an arm. Well, I think yeah. I know. Uh, I think I know who your first buck off is going to this week. It's got to be Delta Airlines, right? Yeah, Delta will get my buck off. And I'm, you know, I know it's hard to to make everybody happy when it comes to to flying or anything else in this world, but you got to do a better job when you're a corporate group like Delta Airlines. And this, as I said, that was my second time coming back. I was disappointed in Delta Airlines once before, and then I went to American Airlines, got disapp disappointed and decided to come back. Now, weather, mechanical problems, uh, now you can't help those things. But you you got to be able to comfort people that are paying an awful lot of money to get on your plane. Got to give them the ability to get vouchers to eat somewhere within the airport. And you don't have to have people ask you. All you have to know, you all you have to do is look at the manifold there and see how, how long they've traveled, where they've come from, how long they've been at your airport. When they ask you to look at their flight schedule, you look at it 
as a person behind the desk and go, man, this old man, his ass has been here a long time. Shouldn't we <laughs> offer him a meal or should we not get him a hotel that's close to the airport? No, not even, not even a, Hey, go over here to go over here to seven 11 around the corner in the airport, get yourself a slice of pizza. No, not even an offering, not even offering on a, a, a place to stay. So they got to do a better job. By the way, since I am the spokesperson for Delta Airlines starting yesterday, you know how many calls, you know, my, you know, my phone has been lit up from people from Delta Airline. You know what? You don't get shit that'll happen for you if you don't complain about it. If it goes wrong, you better complain about it. Yeah. If you're the, if you're the one that sits back and doesn't say anything, you know, as my wife told me when I was at the airport and she was, I've never seen anybody worry about a person like Joyce was worried about me. And I'm like, Joyce, it's not the worst thing in my life sleeping in the airport. It really isn't. I don't want to do it. I got a bad back, but I'm not, I'm not whining to you about doing it. I wasn't whining to the airport about it. She said to me, she goes, I'm really worried about you. And I'm like, don't, well, don't worry about me. I can, I've been taking care of myself for 68 years. Pretty Well, not 68 out of the 68, but for a long time, I've taken care of myself and I've done a pretty decent job yeah. with the alcoholism. Let me not forget that either there, Buck. Let's not forget some of these things that you didn't do a good job <laughs> at. Okay. But yeah. I said, it's not the worst thing, but she said, throw the old man thing on him. And when I threw it, she said, and you got to, when you throw it on, you can't throw the, the, you know, kind of meek old man. You got to be the mean, grumpy old man. Like, I guess I am every once in a while. And I got behind that counter that last time, BK, and I said, I'm 70 years old and this is bullshit. I've been at this airport for 25 hours. You haven't offered me a thing. And the one that got him was, I need my medication. <laughs> that was it, huh? That That's got you on the flight. Yeah, I said, I could die up here. That lady's yeah. eyeballs lit up. When you said medication, lawsuits, that's it. They're like, okay, you're number one on the standby list for the last flight out of here. There we don't go. want anything to do with you. You can complain once you get back, but we can't have you go down in Atlanta airport. No, we don't want uh, your blood on our hands. Yeah, no, you've, you've no, no. you got to be aggressive. You, I was telling you that. I think Trey was telling you that. Everybody like was, but I wasn't buying into it. It was it's when my wife started saying, go through the old man thing. And I did. I added two years on my life. I don't, I'm not 70. I'm 68. I told him I was 70. I just had to lie. I would have told him help. I was 70. I would have lied like 50 years to get my ass <laughs> on the plane. All right. You're, it's not a big deal. You're such a nice guy. You don't like lying. I get that. But man, if you want to get anything done at the airport, you got to complain. You got to threaten that you're never going to fly this airline again. You almost have to make a scene too, to where like people around you at the airport are just like, what's going on over there? Oh, they there? would have cheered. If I would have made a scene, they would have cheered me on. Yeah. I, like, I, didn't, I, didn't want, I didn't want to do that. I know. I'm telling you, if you send them an email, hey, I, just probably... left a place, I just left a place where I didn't make a scene. Yeah. You no, know, I yeah. just, I just did four hours a day for eight years at a, at a company. I didn't make a scene on the way out. No, you know that's what I mean? true. That's if, true. I, if there were ever a time to make a scene, I walked out kind of calmly in my flip-flops. You know what I mean? Oh, my doctor's back again. He's, a, he's <laughs> another know. guy who thought that I should have probably made a, a scene on the way out of that Delta yeah, speaking, airline. Speaking of making a scene on the way out, welcome, Trey. <laughs> bridges is good for your health. It is, really? I know from experience. <laughs> oh, my God. Burning bridges is good for your health. I don't, I don't think so. I, I just... I had a hard time actually doing it, but by that time I was in three days in the same underwear and the same shirt and the yeah. same jeans. It was getting to the point where I could have done it one more night. I didn't want to do it one more night and I'm glad I got out and I'm glad I got out on that plane. But I also don't like the fact that I got on a plane that they said, 
uh, when the pilot is pissed at the at the at the group who's doing all the mechanical work and says, "I can't fly you people on this plane," they took stuff off in the hangar, and there's some stuff that didn't come back on the plane. He goes, and it would be too dangerous to fly, so we're going to have to deplane. Now, that's not an act of God. That's your lazy ass people that work for you at Delta right there and then do their <laughs> jobs. You know, that's not that has nothing to do with weather. That's a mechanical problem that I should have been staying at the Four Seasons after that. Yep. But I am going, you and I and, and, and Trey and everybody that's a part of this wonderful podcast that we're doing on YouTube, we are going to get get our way into some into some real estate inside of, of, of airports where people can go. And I'm not talking about the Delta Airline Club where they go in and have a couple of drinks and pretend that they're doing work on the computer. I'm talking about someplace, you know, those hourly places like I used to stay when I was recruiting at Boston College underneath the George Washington Bridge, those hotels that were paid by the hour. <laughs> we're going to have to find some of those inside of it and build them in an airport. What are we so, bringing prostitutes to the no, airport? No. We're going to have to find ways that we can make people comfortable right at the airport. Instead oh, of going, oh yeah. ma making them comfortable. Yeah, so we are bringing prostitutes to right, the airport. You know, whatever, a little mini suites where you can go into and get it asleep. Instead of sleeping on the floors at the airport. Oh. I mean, it looked like Baghdad Airport. I mean, it was awful looking in there at Atlanta. My goodness. Bring in that's a bunch of bring that's in masseuses to Sean Watson. That is Delta's hub. You realize that, right? Atlanta is Delta's hub. Oh, I forgot about that. And yeah. it was still that bad? Yes. Oh my yes, it's your goodness. hub. It shouldn't be like that. You should you should make that work. And when you all have right. people taking flights on Southwest Airline and going all the way to Minneapolis in order to get to Austin, that's bad news. It's bad <laughs> news for your company. Yep. Well, so, I'm out. I am out on trying to supply hookers to the uh, Atlanta <laughs> International Airport. <laughs> Don't associate me or this channel with that. You do that on your own, bud. All right. All right. Oh, I'm loving this, man. When yeah, we as we get closer to this football season with the Longhorns VK, I'm I'm so excited because I am drinking the Sark Kool-Aid. I am. I'm drinking I'm drinking the orange Kool-Aid and I want it by the gallons this year. I don't I don't just want a little bit of it. I want it all. And I know there are those out there that, that, that are listening to us that are big Longhorn fans. I want all of it because those teams that they're about to start to walk into after this football season, every week will be a battle. Yeah. Not just, it won't be the Rices of the world. It will be, it will be, I, I don't care if it's Georgia. I don't care if it's Mississippi, Mississippi State. Those battles will be the for real battles week in, week out. So you've got to, you want to go out on a winning note. You want to go out on a high. Your recruiting is on a high, and maybe even better today if they get the if they get the good news about Simmons. But you want to you want to leave this conference like the way you like the way you came in with a Big Twelve championship. And sure. I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to having that done. Yeah. Well, here's what has me drinking the Kool Aid a little bit. Steve Sarkeesian was on with Josh Pate, who does a great great job YouTube show, uh, popular college football analyst. And Trey and I are going to talk about this a lot during our show coming up from twelve to one. But Sarka was asked by Josh about the wide receiver room for the Longhorns in 2023. Mm -hmm. Here's what Sark said, and this is why I'm excited about what this team could do this year. Do you have that receiver room where you want it now in year three? I really like that room. You know, at the end of the day, I, I think that we've put a lot on Xavier Worthy for two years. You know, and he came in as a true freshman. That, there was a lot on his plate, um, and he handled it, and he took it, and he had to know everywhere and move everywhere. Um and there was a lot, and he played a lot of snaps and a lot of reps and Jordan Whittington as well. I think now with the, with the addition of AD Mitchell, 
getting in a healthy Isaiah Nair, who we missed last year, who transferred from Wyoming, uh, the addition of a Jonte Cook, um, the, the the kind of steady play of Casey Kane being back, and then DeAndre Moore, Ryan Niblett. We, we've got a really talented room, I think one that where we can spread the field a little bit more, one that where guys aren't feeling like um, I have to be the one to make the play, and Xavier's got to beat double coverage every play because – A.D. Mitchell's a good player. Jordan Whittington's a good player. Isaiah Nair's a good player. Um, you know, Jonte Cook can be a player. Not to mention, you know, how are you going to defend J.T. Sanders? And so, ultimately, historically for me, when when we've had our best offenses, um, we've been able to deploy people across the field that that make it difficult for you to kind of pin down and hone in on. Uh, and in turn, the ball can get spread out when the quarterback knows to go with it, go with the ball. Uh, guys can make plays in space because they're getting those one-on-one matchups. Yeah. The wide receiver room, Buck. I mean, that to me is the most talented group on this Texas roster. Uh, you've got top end talent. You've got depth. He brought up some of the freshmen with John Day cook and Deandre Moore. I mean, there are so many reasons to be excited about what this wide receiver room can be this year. And I go back to Sark when he won a national title at Alabama as their offensive coordinator, I think about the wide receiver room he had there. Now, I don't know if this group is as good as that group, but, you know, with Devontae Smith winning the Heisman, with John Mechie there, with Jalen Waddell there, like, they, were, they had some dudes, and we saw how good that offense was with Sark at the helm. You feel like uh, the talent in this room, maybe not that elite, but pretty damn close to it. You feel like this wide receiver room has a chance to be special, which should make Quinn Ewers take a big, big step this year, too. Yeah, uh, they're, they're talented. They're not like that group. That group, that one guy won the Heisman Trophy, but they're very, very good. They're very talented that more than one guy should get plenty of footballs. And once again, as I said yesterday uh, on this on this show, that Sark is going to have to dial up some things himself to win two of these games and get guys wide-ass open. You know, just figure it out, film it out, uh, directions, motions. I mean, he's great with motions. He's going to have to we're – gonna, we're going to end up having to say, you know, although the receiver caught the ball and was open, where you and I are going to have to say – that's Sark's play. He did that. Yep. You know, he got the formation-wise, they got this guy wide open. He did that at Alabama. Now he's got talented enough players, not maybe as talented at the wide receiver position, but talented enough that he can scheme some of these things because we saw guys at Alabama, you know, not just streaking by guys, but just wide. How does this guy get wide open? Yep. You know, we're, the, the same thing. I mean, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm not quite putting Sark on the same scale as I put Lincoln Riley when it comes to having guys wide open. But we've seen Lincoln Riley do this over and over again. How does that guy get that wide open? Well, it's not because that guy outran him. It's because he out-schemed him. And so this head coach has to do that too. It's his time to for us to see in, in Steve Sarkeesian in year number three that, oh, my God, that guy's wide open. He didn't have to make a great catch. He's wide open. So I'm expecting this coach to give me two of those types of games. Now, as for the wide receivers themselves, it's very they're very talented. I mean – there's no doubt about the, the, the group itself, but the coach is going to have to scheme a lot of things himself. In order, in order to win a championship game, it's going to be all of them, including the head coach. Yeah. He's going to have to get it done. Yeah, Sark's got to take another step. He's got to take another step as a head coach, right? And last year, it felt like Texas's opening scripts were really good, right? Like all, right. all the pre-game planning stuff that would go into Saturday, Sark crushed it. He knocked it out of the park, and defenses didn't have too many answers. Well, it felt like Sark was losing the battle of adjustments way too often last year. 
and halftime adjustments, in-game adjustments, whenever they took place, it just felt like he was losing that battle of wits over the course of a four-quarter game. And for Texas to take the next step and for Texas to win a Big 12 championship this year, yeah, it's not just the guys on the field who have to be better. They need more from Steve Sarkeesian. Yeah, I mean, and, we, we talk about consistency. Yeah. We've we got to have that from the head coach also, the guy calling yes. the plays. Exactly, and, exactly. And, and, and the kids, um, Sanders, I mean, I know how much he likes them, but you're going to have to keep him interested. I mean, one thing I did is I watched the way he played last year, and everybody talks about him All-American, this and that. I mean, he, he hasn't played up to All-American standards. Look, you want to see an All-American, look at the kid down in Georgia. Yeah. That's a that's an All-American. But if you want to make him an All-American, then you make him – you start in games where he's interested because he has to be a block or two in this run game. And his blocking was just kind of average in games that – you didn't show him anything early in the game. You have to get him involved early in the game, in the pass game, so that he feels like he's a, not an innocent bystander in the fourth quarter. Get him going. Get him four or five catches early, and then in the fourth quarter, he will block for your ass. He will block for the running game. But if you don't throw him the ball early, then you think he's going to just be catch two ga- two passes in a game. You think he's going to run block for you when you really, really need him? No, he's not. He wants to be involved. You have to get guys involved, and you got to get him involved early if you want him to be involved late. And I don't think they did a good enough job with that. They talk about it, about him being this and being yep. All-American and one of the best tight ends in the nation. But numbers-wise, that's on you. Get him involved, and you can make him that way. Uh, Coach did the same thing with um, – I think he did the same thing with Whittington. You know, he talked an awful lot about how much he loved him, and the first time he came here, this is the guy he loves. But he didn't throw the ball to him. I'm thinking, if you love him so much, why don't you throw it to him? Yeah, he gets open as many times as anybody else. He gets he gets open as many times as X Man. Throw it to him if you yep. love him so much. Then maybe you don't love him as much right. as you think you do. Maybe yeah. JT Sanders isn't as good as you think he is. Well, the hype surrounding JT Sanders is crazy right now. I'm looking at Bill Steele College Football Magazine, the Bible, as we like to call it. He's got Jatavion Sanders on his second team All America team. That's crazy. Behind. Bill still doesn't throw the ball. He doesn't call the plays. Right, right, right. Like right? Rock, Rock Bowers is the first team, as he should yes. be. He's the best right. tight end of the sport. That guy's a freaking monster, and he's going to be a problem in the NFL, too, when uh, his name gets called in the draft at some point. But, yeah, Jatavion Sanders, second team All-America, according to Phil Steele. So it's not just Texas fans. It's not just Steve Sarkeesian. Like, national people are expecting more of what you're talking about. They want Jatavion Sanders. They expect Jatavion Sanders to be a bigger part of this offense this year. And he yeah. should be. Like Those are easy throws for a quarterback to make over the middle of the field to hit your tight end. That's that safety blanket that everybody always talks about. Use him a little bit more this year because it does feel like he's an elite talent that Texas has. I hope they use him like one. Yeah, don't stop talking about him. Start using him. And don't use him in the second quarter of games. Get him. I mean, maybe that guy should be the first throw you try to find the ball to. That guy should be catching five or six balls. Shouldn't catch any less than six balls in a football game every game. That's like what that. he should be. That's that's the kind of receiver he should be because you talk like he's this elite receiver, but you don't treat him that way. I, I, I don't like when coaches talk about how elite their players are, but they don't use them. But the yeah. guy's really, really elite, but and he looks good in the uniform, but I don't really use him. Right. It felt like it felt like they were using him more and more as the season progressed. But sure. uh, yeah, no, I, I want him to be an even bigger part of this offense this year. And, you know, it's uh, it's it's going to be fun for Quinn Ewers, man. He's going to be able to spread the wealth around to a lot of different guys because he's going to have a lot of options. And that's a good thing for Texas. Right. Like 
in years past, if Texas has had just one really good weapon on the outside, well, another team could just double that guy, take sure. him out of the game, and there was nobody else for the quarterback to throw to. No, nah, there's no – like, you can't just take JT Sanders out of the game and that's it. You can't just take Xavier Worthy out of the game and off we do that, we're going to be fine. There's just that much pass-catching talent on this team to where, yeah, you'd like to think all of these guys can eat this year. And, right. uh, yeah, that's where Sark's got to adjust, right? If it's clear a defense is trying to hone in on stopping one guy, then, boom, find a way to get somebody else the ball and uh, just make sure this offense is more consistent than it was last year. Yeah, and Nayor has to be that guy. We never got a chance to see him last year. I know that hurt probably the growth of all of those guys at wide receiver. You know, him not being around, a veteran wide receiver that he is, big-bodied guy that can go up and get it, had enough speed. That hurt him a little bit. That hurt the growth process of the wide receiver room. But he's back. There's there's no excuses. And and with this with the quarterback, I just I, I like his attitude. I like his body language. I like what he's done with it with his body in the offseason. You know, he's not that pudgy dude running around with the crazy hair, which never really bothered me. I, that old mullet talk about. I mean, Jeff George had a mullet. I mean, a lot of quarterbacks have that weird look and have that quirkiness about them. It's just how they play. But for this guy, I just think he has that confidence the way he's handling himself so far, the way he's handled himself throughout all of this, as a matter of fact, uh, I think he's handled himself well. And I think with a guy like this, if he has that many weapons and he's starting to mature, you know, he wants to be a leader. And you'll see that through his maturity about how he gets the ball to the right, to the open guy. Not always throwing bombs to guys that are double covered or, or overthrowing balls, but there's a simple eight yard out that's sitting there waiting for you because I know my guy is going to beat that guy right there. I've studied enough film to know he can't cover him. I'll do that instead of throwing a 50-50 ball up that I don't know what's going to happen. We got to give a shout out to one more sponsor, our friends over at Top Gun Lawn yeah. and Equipment Rentals. If you have a project at home or on a construction site and you need equipment, you've got to reach out to our buddy Brandon Mars over there at Top Gun Lawn and Equipment Rental. They've got the biggest selection with all of the best brands they can take care of you. It's rentals and sales. So if you just if you want to buy stuff there, they've got you covered. Once again, all of the biggest brands, they are going to take care of you. Brandon Mars is a great dude. They've been in business since 1996, and they've got two Austin area locations, so they make it easy for you. One in Anderson Square up north, the other down south on South 1st Street. Check them out online as well at topgun.net. Top Gun, we will shoot you straight and my biggest buck on of the day of course is for you bk and all the hard work you put into to uh texas sports unfiltered you put an awful lot of work in while you're still doing work <laughs> and uh, we all appreciate it but we all look forward to giving giving the people the best product that, that they can get and uh, each and every day throughout the day and throughout the this season and next year you know as we and we're like sort of like the longhorns preparing for the sec we're performing performing <laughs> and preparing for something really, really big to come. So thank yep. you for all your hard work, man. And it's well, been a thank, thank you for the kind words. And you've been putting in a ton of work too behind the scenes as well, as has Trey, as has Kevin, as has Wags, as had everyone, as has everyone. So uh, it's been fun. We're, uh, we're four days into this thing so far. We've loved every single second of it. And we've got some big things in store. People keep asking us, Bucky, about pre- and post-game shows, maybe on location. Stay tuned. We're working yes. on that. We also have an app coming in the not-too-distant future. We'll have more talent announcements. Yeah, we're adding more people on the Texas Sports Unfiltered in the not-too-distant future. So keep it locked in. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't yet. Please spread the word, right? Tell everyone you know about what we're doing here because, 
like the Bucks said, we're really excited about where this thing is going to go and grow. It's going to be a ton of fun. We are uh, we're lucky, and we're uh, we're happy to have all of you on board for the ride. All right, Buck. Great right, job today, my I friend. Will see you in the morning. All right. Until next time, y'all stay safe. Y'all stay healthy, and hook them. <laughs>